that open so you have the order of people. All right, here we are. There's a countdown, guys. Here we are with Star Wars Pitch Black, a fellowship adventure. I've never introduced it previously like this before. Season one, episode five. The name of the session is Time Heist. I I thought it was locked in. What? Guys, I am Devin, the framework player, and to my internet, I have explain why. Oh, and it's Jan- it's February 2021. No, it's not. It's February 25th. 2021. Oh, yes, 21. I thought you said the actual date. This is our best opening yet. <laughs> you are all killing me. Every single one of you, including Ian. So over there. Let's try to be prepared. Don't stop specifically was like, hey, let's have the thing open so everyone knows the order that we say our introductions in. And then I guess nobody else did that. Also, Ian was talking (laughs) over the intro. I go last. I don't know what you're looking at me for. I'm waiting for someone to introduce themselves. Hey, speaking of intros, I'm Stephanie. I'm playing 411, a.k.a. Kim, a droid. Who's playing the air playbook? I'm Nicole playing General Dreadnought, Arc Clone Trooper, with the Tinker playbook. Peter as Shiny Peak, the Nelvanian Force Mystic, the Ogre. Whoever's clicking on the names better Ian, well stop. Sicarius Aharch, the Spider playbook, and I agree with Nicole. I'm Holden playing Seven Dre, Human Jedi Knight, the Lantern playbook. Perfect, guys. I can't believe we've been doing this for six years. It's so smooth, it's almost seamless. Yep. So, gang, who would like to briefly recap the adventure from last uh, time we did this? Not it. We, we freed saved. a bunch of teddy bears from slavery. And we met the and coolest guy in the universe. intergalactic laws in the process. Well, some of them, you know, had to be forced out of slavery because they wanted to stay there. Like that one that was in Killer Moth's bar. He was all like, he was like turning away from you in his cage, being like, do what you must to me. I've already won with like honey dripping down his face. <laughs> what are the chubby um, one? He enjoyed being fed. That's the, that was the chubby one. No, there was a chubby one in a pot that was getting oh, boiled a lot. Yeah, yeah, the one the Colocoids <laughs> were fattening up like a witch. <laughs> I ran that game. That was me. <laughs> We also bypassed, like, an entire dungeon because of the orb last session. That was fun. I love that fucking orb. Bypassed, like, two dungeons. Well, we had a guided tour of one dungeon. That's not quite a bypass. Yeah. I'll have you know it was a kill room. <laughs> it's different from a dungeon. <laughs> it had two chambers... Two chambers makes it a dungeon, technically. But he wasn't going to keep anyone captured down there and, like, would be throwing them food scraps. He was going to kill someone in there. For zoning purposes on Commercia Prime, (laughs) he had to register it as a kill room. (laughs) With the banking clan. Even if it had two chambers. Uh, Two chambers minimum. What if they fell and broke their legs on the first chamber in the kill room? It wouldn't be sporting. Well, then they wouldn't have gotten to the, the actual kill room in the kill room, see? Exactly. you got to have two chambers to draw it out. Look, whoever wrote the rules for kill rooms on Commercia Prime from the Intergalactic Banking Clan is a nightmare. Look, if you fall in the first room, you break your legs, and you have to crawl the rest of the way through, and that makes it a dungeon crawl. I mean, yeah, yeah. He would probably have to put mattresses under that drop. 
that's the case you've made. He'd have to put like mattresses or something soft for you to fall onto. A giant trampoline. Mattresses. Like Luke yeah. fell on. Yeah. You can't do a trampoline, panel. then they j- fall down and fall, and then like jump immediately back out of the pit. Look, well, you wouldn't. <laughs> it's a Andre, human uh, insurance adjuster, the lantern playbook. You right? just put the trampoline on the angle so you just get your know, trampoline into the killer room. No, no, it's a kill room. It's not a dungeon, and it's not a pit trap. If the door opens up into an immediate kill condition, then it doesn't count for, for, for zoning purposes. He can't put that in. There are rules to the kill room. So we need to put a slide in. No, it just has to be mattresses, like Luke fell onto when he got his hand cut off in uh, Cloud City. Just mattresses. Just like you a mean like the Emperor mattress. fell down that you know giant shaft, or how Maul fell down the giant shaft. Well, Maul was CGI, and so and the Emperor was a matte painting. He they didn't technically fall, but Luke did fall onto mattresses. See that all the shafts had to have mattresses in them. Yeah. I mean, that's why I feel they like don't a matte painting doesn't really. call for mattresses. And Maul was a CGI cut in half, dude. The, so he stopped like, existing. Star Wars doesn't have safety railings because it has mattresses everywhere. I will say that three for three people survived, you know, falling down those thin pits. That's fair. That's fair. Three for three, mm-hmm. that does happen. You're right. You're just right. And one of them was cut in half, so that was really he impressive. Got, he got super better. Anyway, yeah. that's what happened last session. <laughs> <laughs> Let's speed our way along to the present. So, you are in... Uh, did I ever tell you the name of the Ewok village? I mean, the, the Furling village? No. <laughs> Alright, so the name of this is the Thaw, which is their burrow. It's a big communal burrow for all the furling uh, clans that came together and joined under one banner. So uh, they're currently partying to celebrate you bringing back the children. So like they're, they're doing music, they're doing stage plays, there's a barbecue happening, um, there's people playing instruments, I guess some people are doing gymnastics. Whatever people do when a party happens, they're definitely doing it right now and they're celebrating you guys. You're getting like garlands of, I guess, ice flowers put around your necks. Um... You know, it's a happen in time. They're braiding your various hair and tentacles. So we're playing some music on the, you know, helmets of some deadites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they they, they definitely do have helmets of, like, uh, skull troopers or whatever and are just, like, doing the bongos on them. Furlings are, are, are ambush predators, okay? They have their eyes facing the front. <laughs> okay? This is something that is just true about them. They're not They're not passive. Just like a big of the horses. <laughs> Just like horses. So, um, yeah, uh, while this party is happening, do you guys want to engage with anything with these people before we move on to the the, the, the big? Yeah? Do you want to make friends with furlings? You know, make companions, talk about their culture, their religion. They'll talk to you about their belief in the force and the giant aliens. Oh, yeah, let's hear about that. Yeah, I mean, I I giant aliens to them. No, no, you're not giant aliens. They count you as as uh, uh, they they call you bigger furlings. You're just bigger. Is that the word for Wookie? We are the biggers. Yeah, you're bigger, like bigger Luke. What was (laughs) that? It was a stifled laugh because this is the fifteenth bigger Luke reference we've made. Uh. Okay, yeah. So if you want to grab anyone aside to talk about the giant aliens and the Force. This is your opportunity to do so, whoever's interested in that shit. If you want to talk about the Republican and where he came from and where he currently is, because you haven't seen him in the party, you could talk about that too. And also you can make friends with Furlings and add them to your party. 
But right now, you know, they're doing yep, yep. Ba -ba, ba -ba -ba. Yeah, I'll, I'll find somebody who looks like um. You find Rasmitan about the, the giant aliens and their religion and uh, like a conversation. Sure, the clan leader Rasmitaz is currently teaching some smaller furling babies about what happened and like doing like a whole little puppet show for them. She is old. Her fur has gone gray and pale, and is getting a little patchy in some areas because she's old, and she's like blind in one eye, and has like a staff made out of like necromonger armor welded together into a into a murder spear. So yeah, the children are there. They're all impressed when you come over because she starts talking to them and furling and starts saying words and then pointing to you, and they're all like clapping and like 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 making like little humming cooing sounds around you. Cool, cool. I don't understand what the fuck they're talking about, but... Yeah, Rasmataz looks at you. Something on your mind, Jedi Knight? Uh, just... I was hoping, uh... Uh, someone I could... Obviously, I showed up ready to roll tonight. Um... Tell me more about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about your religion. You know. Yeah. Oh. Um, we believe in the Ashla. The, the sort of cosmic interconnectedness of all things in the galaxy driving life. It's, it's an ancient tradition going back to when we... Back when our world was verdant and our fur was brown. Oh, my people hold a similar belief. We encountered your people back when the, the, the land was fertile. Um... You came in a ship. It crashed among the wreckage of one of our clans before we knew about uh, fire and hyperspace. And you came to warn us that uh, uh, there was an encroaching war, a war to end all wars with a faction of uh, warriors with red blades. And your, your Jedi Knight, or they called themselves in our oral language, Warlord. Your Jedi Warlord said that this war was inevitable. It would consume the galaxy and that we had to be ready to fight or die. And that is how we first encountered the larger galaxy. Mm, a terrible period. Which period? No one knows. But we, we, we shared, we had, we had cultural sharing there, where, where we taught that Jedi about the Ashla, and they taught us about the Force, and the Republic, and democracy. But uh, it didn't really... It was sometime afterwards that we found the giant aliens and started to really commune with them. Um, what can you tell me about them? Oh, well, we're, we're going to have handsome elves show, uh, come down and try to like introduce you to them at one point. But they are, they are the forerunners, the, the forebears of all life in the galaxy. They used to rule this place um, as f eternal pharaohs. It's in this and planet, Hoth, directly? No, the, the whole galaxy. They were the Ashla Lords. They could, they could direct it and make it churn and make life appear from anywhere with their command over it. And as far as our records show, at one point they simply vanished. They ascended into the Ashla itself and stopped being a part of this living world. Except for a temple we have here on Hoth. Oh? Yes. Uh, handsome L will be able to show you. It's the Cosmic Metronome's ruins. It's where we contacted them. 
I see. I should quite like to examine these ruins. Yeah, yeah. Rasmataz nods. But uh, we are born and we die, and when we die, we become one with the great cosmic drift, the, the currents that drive us all. So this life isn't really that important in the long game, but we, we try to live it as kindly and as uh, fulfillingly as possible and, and make sure that future generations experience life so they can too become part of the churn. It's our prerogative to, to ensure that life spreads out as vastly and fervently as possible. That seems a posture of great wisdom. We believe that the Ashla itself is a living creature and that we are just small components of it. Like, if you were to kill a Tauntaun and find that it has organs inside of it, we are all parts of its organs. So every star in the sky, we must be compelled to fill with living creatures. I see. Thank you for uh, answering my questions. Rasmataz nods. Thank you for listening to them. Do you want to forge a bond with Rasmataz? I do, and uh, maybe the Force be with you. The Ashla guides. Uh, Rasmataz has two stats, Teddy Bear and Old Wizard. Okay, they can join an adventure and die. Because, you know, nothing matters. For your sins. Anyone else want to do something as we move away from the Jedi? I do want to... You said that... uh... Mandalorian is disappeared because the, the Republican last, or the Republican, sorry, Republican had disappeared, and last we saw that medic was trying to take him apart or something. I think. Yeah, yeah, that did so, come. Out. Yeah, we maybe should check on him. All right, who do you want to bring with you? I mean, I'll definitely go with. I wasn't aware that the Republican was missing. All right, so uh, Sicarius and Dredd, you both know the Republican isn't here uh, in the party, and you go seek him out. He's easy to find. at the. So there's that crash ship medbay, and then there's the kind of runoff area where it's all like verdant and full of weird coral and like bodies that are half grown into the ice and the, the, the ground and stuff. He's there. You, you see him pretty quickly. He is in a suit. He has his helmet off and it's on like his lap in front of him. And he's kind of like lying against the wall like he's a corpse staring straight ahead. And like furlings are putting like uh, uh, layers around his neck and like decorating his body with flowers and are, like all putting fruit, fruit offerings around him. And like his um, robot head's just tapping on the ground, making like a tuneless sound. What's going on here? The furlings all kind of like giggle and scamper away and uh, they're hoping looks up at you guys, you know, helmet off. So like that anti-freeze stuff is gooing out of his nose, mouth, eyes, ears, ports on his head. And whenever he like moves his body forward and like the lip of the, uh, the, the helmet latch on his uh, collar will just kind of spill over like a, like a drunk mom's wine glass. Oh boy. Oh, Hey guys, are you here to uh, copy me too? Cop. Copy you how? Like that guy. He gestures uh, behind you. I'll look behind me. There's a calcified bit of coral and rock and like um, like mineral deposits in the wall. But now that you're really looking at it, it's clearly a human body made of like deep sea material. Like there's a skull and there you can see like bevolved clam meat coming out of the mouth. And like there's stuff in the rib cage. One of the eyes looks like a deep sea fish that's just crawling around on spider legs back into the socket. Uh, and he's like in the exact same position the Republicans in with the same amount of like little like offerings on him. Oh, 
Okay. Um, why, why are you sitting here, bud? I was resting, and then that guy started copying me. Well, I don't know if it's a great idea to stay sitting in the goo here. Some of the coral has started to kind of grow around him, and, like, vines are starting to, like, go around his, like, pressure suit. Yeah. It seems like yeah. you're going to be uh, kind of stuck if you stay too long. I mean, we all are, aren't we all stuck if we stay too long in one place? Exactly. So That's let's, a, let's get yeah. you up here. I don't know. My mom said I have to stay here. And like, I don't know. I guess you're supposed to listen to moms, right? I don't know. I literally don't know. He said that the mom was that droid, right? That droid that has like a human skull face made of metal because it was all yeah. twisted up by whatever's been happening to the sector of space. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like turn to where that thing is. It's like still trying to crawl with its still working limbs across the ground towards him, but like the furlings have tied like a vine rope around its like torso broken bits to like the wall, so it's just doing that forever. Hey, uh, this thing talks, right? Yeah. Why do you want to take him apart? This unit is defective. Defective how? It needs repairs. Well, he seems to function just fine. It is a doctor's most solemn duty to ensure that he does not lose his job. Seems his- like you may need to adjust your parameters a little bit. Because uh, you've got a bunch of patients already here. You just need to adjust how you take care of them. They're not people, they're whatever that is. And I'll point at the Coral dude. So you just need to figure out how to properly take care of those guys instead. It doesn't understand you very well. It's pretty far gone. You'd have to do some real work on it. That's the red specialty. Yeah, it's yeah. logic circuits. Like, if you open it up and look at its logic circuits, its logic circuits have stuff growing out of it. Hmm. See, I don't know if I'm able to... I just put it... Well, it seems like even if I put in real logic circuits or whatever, it'll just take back. It's, just take its cartridge, blow on it, and put it back in. <laughs> you gotta get some alcohol swabs. <laughs> you gotta really get that, that gunk off there. Like, it, it seems like it would just grow back, right? It's hard to say. This is magic, demon magic, basically. You're dealing with demon magic. You figure it out. Well, stuff and doesn't I mean, talk. And... It, even if it grows back, do we care? Like, what is our care level? If we can get this thing working for, what, a year, two years, will that make a difference in a good way? I think so. So is that not better than doing nothing? I mean, yeah, I guess. I guess that's what I'm doing then. You start just working on the droid? Yeah. All right. Uh, Sicarius, are you talking to the Republican at all? He's still standing there in that pose and like the, like the Earth isn't like rapidly taking him, but like he has an outline in the wall. He has a hole for him. Yeah. No. Uh, come on. Let's stand up and um, let's go check on some things. We got uh, we got work to do, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, uh, Zevin was saying that I can't just lie here all day. I got to kill them all, right? Uh. Not no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think Four Kim said that too. We have to kill them all. I don't know. Like I remember you were telling me I have to stay against this wall and lie down and stop moving because that's what nope. my mom said. Because nope. I, nope. I saved the kids, right? I did that myself alone. You did save the kids. Yes, you helped. So now I just lie that. down here. But nope. Zevin nope. told me to kill them all. Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna do that one. We're gonna listen to Zevin. 
He nods. Zeb is a wise laser sword man. Yes. Yeah. He, he like puts his arm out, like uh, his real arm for you. I'm going to touch him. Okay, like you, just, arm. you just grab him and pull him up out of the yep. hole he was slowly entombing himself in. <laughs> you're not force sensitive. You don't have to worry about crazy ass visions. Yeah, you're not going to get a nightmare scene from him. Just like, <laughs> I don't know, cancer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the worry. His body is highly irradiated, guys. Highly irradiated. Yeah. Exotic particles. That's not a bit of thing in Star Wars, so we don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, you know, he gets up. I'm guessing you, you know, pick up his helmet and just like click that onto him. Yeah. Gives you a thumbs up, yep. so does a droid hand. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, great. That's it. The Republican was just going to kind of like return to the Earth from whence he came if no one's like, no, no, get back up, dude. Yeah, no, <laughs> he, he did his thing. He was woken up to return these children. That was his life mission. Perfect. Um, yeah, no, you you stay with us, and um, we're gonna we're gonna work hard to solve the other issues that are going on here. I'm sure yeah, there's yeah. other things. Yeah, we got to kill them all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You you understand? He nods. <laughs> you can see like his visors, uh, you know, transparent now, so you can see the fluid slowly filling up in his helmet. He's breathing in that liquid because it oxygenates him. That's. Just slowly nodding. He's... Oh boy. Okay. How's uh how's that going over there, Dread? Uh... You're able to get some of that droid up and running, um, and it's gonna stop trying to kill the Republican, but like you're gonna need to get like droid bits to make it a walking droid. I think you'll find I don't because I can use jury rig without having to use materials. Yeah, but like his torso doesn't have legs. You're not going to make them from nothing. Unless you're telling me you're going to use wood, ice, vines, coral, and like coconuts like in Gilligan's Island and build him like Gilligan's Island legs. I wasn't planning on giving him legs, but yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do that. All right, so you Gilligan's Island him back together, and I'm, I'm happy that that's a thing that's in the Star Wars game. That fits Star Wars. That's as serious as Star Wars is. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, the droid's able to walk around in its little room, uh, repeating to itself, it is a doctor's most sacred duty to ensure it does not lose its job. It says it now instead of he, because yeah, tweaked it. So yeah, he's going to the wall, checking cryopods, checking goo and stuff, bringing up schematics for a new body pattern. I don't know... A new body pattern? Oh, no. It's going to immediately start trying to build another Republican. It has to make sure it doesn't lose its job. I thought I fixed that. That's its core operating system. It's a medical droid. It you want to just a medical that? droid for the rest of the shit that's here. This is All also right. life. Okay, so you just fire him then. Just fire him from the, 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 uh, the ghost hand. They'll collapse on the ground. Just all just life has meaning. <laughs> so sad. Seriously, you give him his pink slip, and he's like, "Oh, I've lost my job. Where do I work now?" And you're like, "You work for the Furlings. Fix them." And it's like, "Okay, it is a doctor's <laughs> most solemn duty to not lose its job." Sure, I'll put them I, together. I mean, sure. I meant the coral monsters. Oh, I thought. Yeah, I have no idea what you want. Then you want him to like be a doctor of the coral monsters? Yeah, just stay here and keep taking care of his patients. I mean, yeah. isn't that? what he was doing by creating another Mandalorian no, that's not guy? No, because that's not taking care of his patients. That's creating a whole other problem for himself. 
But just be the, a gardener. It's fine. Wouldn't, wouldn't the coral guys turn into the Mandalorian? Or am the I Republican? The Republican. The Republican. I Sorry. beg they, you to learn the term, Ian. They will not turn into a person a because the only way they can turn into a person is if he makes them into a person. All right. So you tell okay. this droid to not gather up a bunch of demon radiation, dead body parts, and deep-sea eyeless coral to form into a new Republican. He will stop making Republicans out of standard Republican materials that Republicans are all made of. (laughs) Make some Democrats. All right. Okay, good. He will tend to the coral just like Soma. Like the wow in Soma. He'll tend to the coral and be good, not bad. (laughs) You did it. You solved it. Do you want to form a bond with him? Uh, yeah, sure. All right, I don't have a name for this droid other than a scary alien four human skull face. Mother. Droid. We'll call him. We'll call him the caretaker. Or Republican's mother. A Republican the mother. Caretaker. Its official title will be a Republican mother. Sorry, it's like a nightmare. Mom. I wish we didn't have to use those uh, words. I like it. The the the, the Republic's the Republic. I know, but America. Yeah, America doesn't make every republic suck. What about Plato's Republic? It was good. Suck. It was good, right? It, I never read Plato's Republic. I just assumed like spaceships from Exalted show up and blow up Atlantis. Like, it was good when in you theory. Call someone a Republican, though. It has a very specific American uh, politician. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. George Lucas is fantastic for this shit. Thank you, George. Anyway, that is the scenes we'll do, unless anyone has anything else they want to do. Does anyone have anything else burning a hole in their pocket for, like, I don't know, Peter, do you want to fight 50 Ewoks to form a bond with them? I'll be fine. Like, they have warriors, and the warriors are like, we will fight you all at once and try to take you down to hunt you and stuff. And you're like, yeah, all right. And then you could have, like, 50 Ewoks as your companion. What about fighting one Ewok, but he's 50 times bigger than the other ones? The furlings have no Wookiees or Wampas on hand. Oh, no, they do have Wampas. There is a bigger furling. It's called a Wampa, or bigger furling. And yeah, they, they have one of the, they have a race of, of biggers with them. B-I-G-E-R. Except for, Big. it's not really biggers, because aren't Wampas just animals? No, Wampas are intelligent. They're Neanderthals. Oh, shit. They're the I'm furling version I'm glad that you told me that. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, there's one in the party here. He's like, hey... Yeah, I'm really glad you told me that. I thought that they were just animals, so I was just gonna, like, kill them. You, you remember that episode oh Enterprise with the genocide and the Rwandan genocide? And, like, no. it was um, the, 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 the people who were dying and they had their Neanderthal people on their planet? That's basically them. Like, you know, they don't have a fully advanced spacefaring culture, but they exist. They, they make art. Oh, uh, you'd have to watch Dear Doctor, and I can't get into that now. We got into it in every episode of Star Trek when we ran Star Trek. <laughs> every single episode, I had a five-minute rant about Dear Doctor. Not the Rwandan genocide, the, the Wampas having a damn society, what? They're Neanderthals. Wampas are Wookiees. They're dead dead. Yeah, they're Wookiees. But they're like albino. They're 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 deep Arctic Wookies. They're also not Wookies because Wookies are not cavemen. They're no no like... the Wookies that live on Kashyyyk came from Hoth and evolved into an actual society. The Wampas here, suffering under the intense climate of Hoth, haven't gotten that chance to advance yet to there. Wait, so sorry, are you telling me that Wookies and Ewoks share a common ancestor? I've been of the saying Wampa? that. I've been saying that for like this entire game. Have you guys not been paying attention? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> okay, let's break it down one more time for you and apparently the listeners, because I'm guessing the listeners didn't pick this up. Okay, 
Hoth was a verdant jungle planet with Ewoks. They're called furlings. Figure that out. So the furlings were tiny brown furred teddy bears, right? But they also had a Neanderthal cousin called the Wookiees. <laughs> anyway, Wookiees and furlings eventually left the planet and they went to different biomes. Like some of them went to the desert and became Jawas. Some of them went to the sanctuary moon of Endor and became Ewoks. Wampas also, Wookiees also, you know, went and founded Kashyyyk and became their own planetary culture. And then the planet was blown up when the Republican ship crashed into it out of hyperspace and ushered in Ice Age. And the Furlings went from having brown fur to Arctic white fur and became the Furlings. And the Ewoks became the Wampas. And they've been living in harmony in this, like, heated cave in the wreckage of the Ghost Hand ever since. That's like, that's them, dogs. They're all the same. Jawas are just Furlings. That's literally where you're going to this session, where you're going to Admiral Land's Sand Raider. That's, that's a Jawa sand crawler. Spoiler alert. <laughs> are we all up? Are, are we all up in on the up and up with with the Ewok dilemma? Yep, everyone's a people. It's fine. All right. it's well, yes, I am. All right, I'll take your word for it. It's all connected. Everything's connected. It rhymes. It's poetry, guys. <laughs> Look, if you took an elephant and made it Arctic, what would you add? You'd add wool and bigger tusks. If you took an Ewok, or if you took a, a, a Wookiee and made it Arctic, you'd add more fur and tusks, which wampas have. They have like horns or tusks or whatever. They're woolly wookies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a wampa there, just waving at you. Don't worry, Nicole. They don't have a seat on the you know Republican Council, therefore it's okay to kill them. I mean no. <laughs> they also kind of look like the ice monster from that claymation uh, Rudolph movie. Yes. They one hundred percent Bumble. Like they don't have a blue face, but yeah. I mean some of them might. Ouch. Was it saying mumbles or bumbles? Bumbles, bumbles. bounce. <laughs> yeah, bumbles. Yeah, there's a there's there's a wampa here, bumbles, who's just hanging out, and he's fairly big. If you want to fight him, Peter. <laughs> uh, do we want to have bumbles the wampa on our team, guys? Oh my god, I didn't <laughs> ten seconds ago, but now that you phrase it that way, <laughs> well, so look like at fighting it then. All right, Pete, how do you beat him? Because you're going to beat him. <laughs> well, I probably, you know, start wrestling him, pick him up, you know, above my head, spin him around, toss him aside, and, you know, make him scared or something, and, you know, just call uncle. Yeah, uh, Bumble surrenders after you throw him into an ice wall. I'm going to say through an ice wall to a nearby ice cave, and he's like, oh. And he's like, oh. And he's like, yeah, he'll join you. I hate weaklings. I forged a bomb because I defeated him. Ba, 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 ba. Oh. I don't know. Oh. Bumble's two stats are Wampa and Stompa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I didn't invent that. That is a cheat code from one of the old Star Wars uh, games. I'm going to definitely pay attention to that because I don't think my character was aware that Wampas weren't just animals. So <laughs> He has a uh, bandolier just like Chewbacca has. <laughs> yeah, that, this is this is good that this happened because otherwise Wampa. this next scene would have been an inadvertent travesty. <laughs> but they do go into a blood rage, right? So do Wookiees. They rip people's arms off all the time. They rip arms out of sockets. Okay, so what's that name? Uh, Bumbles. Bumbles. 
All right, you did it, Pete. You forged a bond with a new guy. Did anyone else want to forge a bond? What about you, Steph? You've been quiet during this very real, real affair. <laughs> sure. Do you want oh. to find a giant Ewok? Wrestle it, wrestle it. Sure, I'll hang out with one of the Ewoks and, and, and have them tell me about about their religion and their day-to-day life and how they live and their culture and stuff. Uh, they either do subsistence hunting and farming, which works is working out pretty well because of all like the, the, the ruins that they live in and because they combined as one big tribe. Uh, and when they're not doing that, uh, they mostly just do whatever they goddamn well please. Do art, poetry, singing, playing around, sports. Do you want to play sports with them? They have that one game where you like shoot a ball through a hoop on the side of a wall. That's absolutely universal. Yeah, I'll play not basketball with them. It's, it's I like think that. he means the Aztec game or the Mayan game. Yeah, yeah. Also, potentially be describing cornhole. So yeah, exactly. Not basketball. What the fuck is cornhole? I, it could be cornhole, but I would never describe anything as cornhole. So don't Google cornhole. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not going to. <laughs> be very careful if you uh. extreme full contact cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So Kim wins the, this game and then the other team has to get sacrificed and they do not do that anymore. <laughs> anymore. That was last every... week. Look, I'm just saying we have a sport in Canada called hockey, and in hockey we take the biggest, buffest humans we can train, we put knives on their feet, we give them battle armor, and then we give them a, a wooden scythe, and we tell them just to fucking go at each other on slippery concussiony ice. Alright? We're not better than the Ewoks. You're not wrong. It's, yeah. When I got brought to hockey games as a kid, even past my mom being there, everyone in the stands, when I, they were just talking to like the other adults, would be like, I can't fucking wait for them to fight. <laughs> That's like the Blah. main reason why I couldn't watch hockey. Also, they used like, to fight to throw those... rocks at each other. I didn't mind like the social aspect of like everyone going to the hockey game. It's like, yeah, and it's nice and cold in here, and it smells like ice, which is nice. Community. But it's like, oh, people want them to be violent, and they're going to punch each other? I don't want that. Nicole, we welded knives to their feet. What do you think we were there? <laughs> Society only pretends it's civilized. We we make the ice, we, we, especially, we buff the ice so it's opaque and white, so the blood shows up on it. I mean, I mean as long as they're willing to hit each other. skating also exists. And that's not violent. That's just a what pretty dance on the slippery ice with knife on your feet. Oh. Yeah, yeah, figure skating's beautiful and gorgeous, but like, you know, hockey is our national pastime, not figure skating. I mean, you all that's math. just preparation for war, right? Yeah. Show you off how agile you are. Getting ready for the knife foot war. <laughs> <laughs> when Capoeira comes in style again. Oh my god. Look how many times you have to twirl your corpse with these, you know, knives. <laughs> So, uh, uh, you can play sports with them, Steph. What do you want to get out of this? What are you looking for from these people? Because they gave you fellowship. They think you guys are great. Oh, they also teach you how to build um, gorilla fighter traps, like punji pits and stuff. Oh, that's that right. They, they teach you that. They give you a seminar. And you're like, oh, wow, this is brutally effective. And they're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> how do you think we fight against larger, more oppressive foes? <laughs> with sticks and stones. We don't have rules for war when it comes to non-furlings. <laughs> I I don't really have any aim. I was just you know interacting with them. Do you want to do you want to have a companion, a furling companion? Sure. I'll, I'll All take right. A basketball their, player. Their, their greatest sports athlete will join you. He has the stat teddy bear and chaos dunk. 
Come on and slam, and welcome to the jam. There, we, we fit in Space Jam. It's done. That's all yes. we need to do. I have okay, to show points a game. Good session. Let's wrap here. <laughs> At, we've fulfilled that contractual obligation to the estate of Michael Jordan. Um, well, they will have to animate that you know, fight. What the fuck's an assassin? <laughs> I love That's those exalted assassins. One of them was so just a good. basketball game. The assassin oh. was a basketball game in Exalted. It was, I think, from hell. Yeah. <sighs> good times, good times. All right. What the fuck game was that? That was Gangs of New Gloam, which was also uh, Rikio the Story of Ricky and Arkham Asylum and uh, Legend of Korra combined into a, a mo- not a modern, but a generic fantasy exalted game. Like all those components fit into fantasy exalted with no modification, including the motorcycles that ran on fire dust. Okay. It was perfect. It was just a very much more urban area than... Yeah, but you're just in the city more, that's all. You came out of a sewer to, like, take back your husband from your cheating ex-cop partner who framed you and was putting the moves on him. And you're like, fuck you! Don't touch my husband! Yeah. <sighs> that I, was, uh, I, I was pretty pissed. And then the husband's like, you're a monster. I'm like, what? You don't like me anymore? No, you're and a sewer. You're anathema. I slept back in the sewer like, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, you went back to the sewer. My husband. <laughs> Yeah, you were a demon possessing the body of his husband uh, and his children's father. He was definitely going to have you killed to put you to rest. <laughs> like, it did not occur to me in, at all that uh, the husband would actually believe that, even though obviously he, he would. Right? Even though obviously he would. He was a dynast. He was dragon-blooded. He was raised in the culture. Like, obviously. Look, 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 he married you and you were a crocodile beast man, so he was pretty progressive, but you were literally anathema. Right? Okay, he it goes so uh, far. That's so brutal too, because you know the rest of his family was like, "We, we told, told you so." Oh no, they were. That's what that. you get. <laughs> oh, they were real racist about the misogyny. Oh, it was no. real bad. <sighs> so anyway, anyway, fucking lord. Moving on, moving on. You get that sports player. Do you want to give him a name? Um. Um, yeah. Taskmaster. No, 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 no. Furry Johnson. Mm. Yes. Let's call him Furry Joe. Johnson right. doesn't sound like it's fully Star Wars, but Joe All does. right, all right. Furry Joe. There we go. Also, Furry Johnson sounds like it's someone who doesn't shave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, does I he mean, shave? Magic, Magic Johnson also sounds like it's talking about a dick, but, you know. Oh, my God. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Uh, a horn is blown through like a weird coral horn that has a skull in the end, where the where the music comes out of the mouth because this place is full of stuff like that. Because that's of fucking the- metal. I know it's so cool. Uh, and like a bunch of the furlings are all like, oh, oh, and they all kind of like gather in one area, like to give a wide berth to a tunnel that gets unsealed. Like they roll like a giant stone door out of the way, and the leader gathers you guys up, uh, Rasmataz, and it's all like, you're in for a treat. We- <laughs> What? Sorry, you named her Rasmataz, and it's just every time you say it, I'm just like, oh my god. The dad of the baby was named Sunrise. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know this fact. It doesn't affect me. Like, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Calling it Rasmataz, you know, Madame Raz's name. That's anyway, more relevant. We're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, yeah, we have a treat for you. We invited from the outskirts our famous hermit, Handsome L. And they're here to talk to you about the giant aliens and with your mission to destroy that uh, demon ghost that you're dealing with. 
And yeah, a single furling comes out in a cloak with like a staff and like they take off their cloak and they're a full grown furling. And at this point, I need to tell you that Ewoks look like Ewoks, but this one looks like one that has the curly hair gene. And if you don't know what that looks like, look up what a normal baby cow looks like, then Google baby cow curly gene, and you will understand the difference between beautiful, handsome L and the rest of the furlings. Like, a lot of them are all like, ooh, like, like you know, they, they they recoil in shock and some of them a bit horror and some of them interest, but, like, she's so strange to them that they don't know how to take it because she's an outsider. Oh, my God. She's so different from them. She's too beautiful. It's otherworldly and it, it, it offsets them, you know? They don't know. She could be, like, a giant alien thing or something. They don't know. P- uh, furlings aren't this gorgeous, usually. It's strange. <laughs> So yeah, uh, she walks on in and she has like ship parts on like chains and like necklaces, like like beeping computer parts and comms and stuff. And she comes on up and it's all like, who here is 411KM? That is me. What can I do for you? You're the captain of the Necrobore, right? And then she I gives am. the serial number of the Necrobore. I am, correct. Perfect. And all of these are your friends, right? They are. Could you all come with me to my home? Of course. Let's go. I have, I have a message for you. And she just kind of directs you to the tunnel that they seal off behind you. And there's bioluminescent, like, coral spinal columns running across the frozen ice uh, under layers of ice that light this path. Uh, and also, like, weird, you know, frozen jellyfish things in, like, pockets of water behind the frozen walls as she walks and talks with you. Walking and talking. So, just to be clear, you're here to fight something called the Lord Marshal of the Necromonger Horde, right? We are. And those are those skeleton-looking fellows that keep abducting us for sport? Yes. All right, this all makes sense. Uh, is one of you, like, uh, one of you's magic, right? Like you're uh, an Ashlyn? I gesture at, Vev- at Zevin and Shining Peak. They have a great deal of mysticism. Where are you getting this information? I got a message in my house, and uh, I was told to come pick you guys up. Oh, okay. Well, Where, who's the message from? Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm going to keep that dramatically to my chest until we get there, because we got to walk. But, uh, I'm just wondering, uh, you know, how, how good are you guys at, like, fighting, uh, on your own? Like, individually, not in a group. Are you good at that? Are you coordinated like that? Of course we are. All right, and, and... I don't and, know about, uh, I don't know about Kim fighting on her own, but... No, that, that, that won't come up. But Zevin, you're pretty good dealing with, like, flying a ship on your own, right? I suppose I could. Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. Just, you, just want to make sure, because, you know, things are confusing. So, um, what did they tell you about the Ashla? The, the Ashla, the Force. That's their word for the Force. I'll, I'll oh. repeat, that, repeat back what I've learned. All right, all right, that sounds pretty standard, pretty standard. So I'm a priest of the giant aliens, the giant aliens, and I've been that my entire life. Um, and they, I think, have sent me a message that I have to give to you guys about what you're up to right now and how to deal with this, because you're running into something you don't quite understand, I think. But I don't really understand all the details, and I'm hoping once you get context, you will. Um, geez, I don't really know how to help you all beyond that. I really don't understand a lot of these things. Well, but ma- I, I am I'm, I'm eager. Perhaps you could start by relaying the message and telling us what you know. It's a visual message. And I don't understand all the parts of it because I we're, we're, we're walking and talking. Yeah. We're walking yeah. and talking. Yeah. 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 Hey, uh, do you wanna do you wanna piggyback? 
oh man, my legs are so much stubbier than you guys, and I don't get out a lot, so you know, I'm putting on a few. I would really love a piggyback ride, or uh, I guess an Ornsk back ride. What, what is, what's the name of those aliens that have pig faces? Gamorian. What are the ones that uh? No, they're smaller. That he fought? Oh, the Ugnots. Oh no, a puffer yeah. pig. A puffer pig. No, Ugnots. I was thinking of the Ugnots. But Ugnots are people. I know Ugnots are people. Okay, I thought so you were trying Gamorian. to think of an animal. Oh, this guy's racist. I know, right? No, no, yeah, yeah, an Ugnot back ride. Can you, uh, can you give me that? <laughs> yeah, like one step for you and your battle walker is like eighty steps for me. You're, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. The tunnel's so long. We had to dig it out. It's a whole thing. Anyway, eventually you get to Beautiful Elf's house. Beautiful Elf's house is very clearly um, the metal of an escape pod with ice around it, with like the escape pod top popped open. And that's what you guys are crawling into from like the from like at a sideways angle. Okay. So this is my house. It's my ice house. I used to have a. I think our, we used to have tree houses, but we don't have trees anymore. But this is where I live. Uh, and at the bottom of my house, there's like a dark secret tunnel. You really shouldn't go down because it's full of nightmares. Until we can figure out the giant alien thing, giant aliens, giant aliens. So we can giant do that later. Alien. But let me bring you to, you know, my, 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 my message center. Sometimes the giant aliens, giant aliens, send me messages through it. And yeah, when you're inside, this is a roomy escape pod. It could fit 20 people, probably. It has decks on it uh, and has reinforced hull. And it's an old Republic escape pod. Like it literally has like iconography and the, the style of like old Republic artifacts. Many of you who live in the Republic have seen in like museums and stuff. Plus on the Republican. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like there's even like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this is full of Ewok nonsense, furling nonsense. Like there's like bones and like like salvaged computers and like, you know, art and like cooking stations and stuff all strewn around. It's been well lived in. Uh, there's also a smallified skeleton in the corner. It's a full of sap. Oh. Uh, that was my buddy. He uh, hung out with me for a while. He wanted to learn more about the Asla and then he died. Oh. Yeah. It happens. Just like. Of old age? Uh, something. He just died one day. I don't know. I mourned him and, like, you know, preserved his body for him in case he wanted to drop on back in, but uh, hasn't done it yet. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> you guys, you know, you guys are, you guys know the Asla. It happens sometimes. The Ashla. I keep mispronouncing Asla, and I'm getting very close and close to calling it the Azalin, which just is something else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go to Darkon, and the mists are going to show up. I mean, no. no. Fuck. Uh, yeah, she brings you to a center table in a communications area where, like, people would, like, gather to, like, get info if they were, like, stranded in an escape pod. And uh, there's, like, holograms of you guys being displayed, but, like, they're kind of simplified, and they're, like, there's arrows pointing in different places on a map of Hoth, and there's, like, ship schematics, uh like in orbit and there's like various like troop movements happening and stuff. And it's just playing through them all. And then it repeats over and over again. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, like a day ago, I got this message here from the giant aliens, giant aliens. And I was told to give it to you. So this is your message. Uh, enjoy it. <laughs> uh, play it from the beginning. I don't know how to do that very well. The buttons are confusing. I reach over and press the play button. Okay. Uh, so the message plays out as an instructional, like uh, essentially PowerPoint presentation showing you the exact plan for this session. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and your chain codes are all attached to the message. Hmm. 
like it's a message from you from a little bit in the future. Dressing. Yeah, so, looking at you guys, yes. uh, Force users. Uh, I wonder if this has to do with the fact that this ship that crashed here went through the sisters, or if it's to do with the giant aliens. Giant, the giant alien. aliens. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> Right. Like, I'm pretty sure it's the giant alien adjacent to the giant aliens. The giant aliens. But it could also be their, um, they have a relic on this planet that I've never been able to get close to because it's full of monsters. Uh, and it could be that relic, you know? Oh, what relic is that? I don't know. They have a relic and I haven't been able to get close to it because of all the monsters. Where? But I know it's there. Well, could you tell us where it is? It might be something that we are looking for to help stop the death cultists. Oh, you know what it is. It's the stellar intelligence. It's yeah. on the schematics and it's labeled as such. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That is an artifact we've been looking for, and we will probably have to fight past the monsters to get to it. If you could lead one of us there, it would be very helpful. Or at least point us towards us. Handsome Toward- Elf points to the map, because the map tells you how to do that. Okay. Like, like the session plan you just got from yourselves structures exactly how you do that, and it's by following your own plan. This entire plan, this, this, this Ocean's Eleven montage, is your plan that you're following. Okay. okay. We're already it's it's remarkably like a great plan to seize the stellar intelligence from under... A fortified Never. location. Oh. Yeah. Also, the tunnels, like there's secret tunnels that even uh, L didn't know about that leads directly under the stellar intelligence area. So you can just swoop out under it, take it, and leave. And the Necrongers will never be the wiser that it was you. You'll literally rob it before they break through. Like they'll come in through the traditional way through all the defenses, and it'll already be gone. If we allow them to do so, though, will it uh, mean that they're going to attack all the Furlings? Uh, beautiful else like I, it just point it's your plan presumably you took care of this if you sent the plan back to us I do not think they're interested in the furlings I think they are only interested in the stellar intelligence don't they have to go through them though to get no them? it's not under no the not at all it's, no. it's somewhere okay. else on the planet okay remember okay. The, the, the ghost hand was ripped apart among not only Hoth but among multiple star systems from the black holes it was stretched across so like the distress beacon and some of the hull is somewhere out in like the outer rim. And like, there's parts of it that are in like wild space and there's parts of it all stripped across Hoth. Like it's been spaghettified. Mm. I thought that it was a uh, spooky tunnels under her place. that They had to go. No, no, no. The spooky tunnel leads to the giant aliens, the, the, the runes of the ancient metronome, the giant, giant aliens. aliens. Yeah. If, if you want me to bring you to the cosmic metronome, we can do that after you do this. Cause the, the, the instructions you sent told me to tell you that. See right there. And then I'm going to point at it, and then you're going to tell them to wait until they retrieve it to bring them to the cosmic metronome. Stop reading here. <laughs> well, so you all know the plan because you made the plan. Uh, yeah, that's the montage. <laughs> I guess it's all in future us's hands. 
So I'm, I'm assuming you study your sections closely where it's like, you know. Well, I think no one of us survived. I mean, all your chain codes are included, so presumably all of you survive. All right, Hanson L's like, you did it. Perfect. Um, I guess I guess that's a, you know, that's a team break. Do you want me to, uh, do you want some food? <laughs> you hungry? Oh, sure. All right. Uh, she'll bring out like some like uh, lobster. It's basically lobster and clams that have been like buttered and cooked and seasoned. Mm, so this. I do kind of worry that it has like the DNA from that place in it, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Kuru Rin doesn't exist in Star Wars. It's a disease you get from eating people brains, I think. Moving on. <laughs> No one knows what that is, so we're moving on. Uh, yeah. All right. You got the plan? We'll just dive right into that and set the scene then. Are you ready for us to do that? Do we want to do a break? Do you guys want to talk amongst yourselves real quick about anything role play about these revelations? I get a pee, so I'm going to break, and you guys can talk among yourselves. All right. Yeah, I also so, need a quick Let's break. hit the pause button then. Okay, and we're back, gang. So we will now transition to uh, the outside of the Furling's home, the uh, the Thaw, as it's called, their home kind of center of culture, to Hoth. We'll zoom out of the frozen wasteland that of uh, the desolate polar wasteland Hoth to low orbit. In low orbit around the planet, necromonger ships have arrived. Lots of them, bigger ones, ones that can't really come into uh, orbit properly. But the largest of theirs, their capital ship, the Empty Manger has arrived it looks like a large uh cathedral that's been like attached with ship parts and durasteel kind of like a warhammer 40k ship but it looks somber and for cultural history it used to be a funeral ship that would travel through this sector of space and like do weird esoteric funeral rites for like any culture that needed it on like a timetable it's this whole thing that the lord marshall co-opted uh, and it has appeared in orbit around Hoth, and it alone starts to slowly descend into low orbit. The fire catches on its various extremities, uh, you know, heat and friction burns, but it gets into low orbit and just hangs above a single source. And as it does, parts of it fall off and smash into the ground below. As ships uh, at max speed just start to drive into the atmosphere and start to break up and crash in to build a makeshift fortress and wall around a certain location of ice on Hoth. Um, equipment is being dropped from orbit and people are like running out of escape pods and like forming into work crews and getting like repulsor lifts and droids out. And they're lashing this equipment together and bringing it into the base and building up very quickly, uh, a scratch built fortress and mining operation. And they are starting to focus equipment and materials to start melting the ice in the middle and start to bore their way down to where they think, and maybe know the stellar intelligence is. And of course it is where it is. That's where it is. While this is happening, a storm begins. Have you ever been in a storm before on a polar planet? It's a wall. A wall as high as like a tsunami tidal wave of nothing but ice and snow and clouds. And it starts to drive itself around this area of Hoth in a pretty big area. Almost like the Jupiter storm where it kind of is visible from space. This storm is visible. It is a major thing. And there's lightning inside, and there's chunks of glaciers being hurled around, and some of the Necromonger ships get too close from the eye of the storm and get dragged in and blow up Mad Max Fury Road in the Sandstorm style, highlighting shadows in the ice 
as you can see that there are creatures that have burrowed out of the uh, the Arctic Sea below and have been caught up in the storm and are using it to fly around, uh, like fog sharks from Exalted. Uh, so this is the scene for the Stellar Intelligence time heist. Oh boy. Okay. Now, everyone has their parts, and I'll go over them very quickly. Holden, you are on the Necrobor, your ship, with the Jedi and your ship's crew, uh, Tora and Rudwar and whoever else is on board. And your job is to harass this scene I just set up to keep them from progressing as fast as possible and destroy as many of their ground forces that you can. Gotcha. Um, Dreadnought, you've been told of an ancient furling artifact further out into the ice once upon a time when the furlings were at war with each other and had come in together in mutual peace, there was a, a pirate queen uh, called Captain Land, and she had a crawling fortress that she used to terrorize other furling tribes and raid them and take their people and their resources, and she brought her entire army and her base with her uh, on mechanical extremities. Your job is to go into the tomb of Captain Land, repair this crawling fortress, bring it out out of the ice and drive it into uh, the Necromonger um, fortifications to start and slow them down and cause as much distraction as possible with the Necrobor and uh, Zevin in orbit backing you up. Awesome. That sounds kick-ass. Now, Can't for wait to meet a pirate. Oh, it's going to be so good. Now, 411KM, your job is to uh, go to the nearby chapter of Mandalorians that actually live on Hoth. Right. And you have to make a deal with them to get them to back up the fight. They're going to provide air and ground support to further pull resources away and slow down the Necromonders from getting to the stellar intelligence. It's going to be tricky. The Mandalorians have no love for Jedi, no love for the Furlings, and really no love for droids. They're insular and keep to themselves. They're children of the Watch. They're the weird ones that never take their helmets off. Okay, okay. Uh, the official name for them that you get, because the furlings, you know, they, they're able to, like, read mail and, like, you know, read messages that the Mandalorians send them, are the Seekers of the Prophets. And their chapter house is called Vision. Hmm. Nice. All right. All right. Because they're prophets. And finally, we have our boys, the Strike Team. Sicarius and Shining Peaks. You guys are going to take some secret tunnels that you reveal to yourself from the future from a cosmic supercomputer that nobody knew about until you knew about them to put them in the message to know about them. To go into these tunnels, yes. go through a bunch of obstacles that are uh, in the way, sneak into the Stellar Intelligence's area, and using your great force magic and uh, ingenuity to haul it out of there before the Necromonkers even know it's been stolen. Nice. So, each one of these scenes has three parts to it, and let's, uh, we, we did a lot of work on prepping this. Let's hope this doesn't take eight hours. <laughs> so, uh, if you're listening at home, listeners, this is, we're literally on hour one, 60 minutes before we even got to the action set piece. So, let's see uh, what happens. Um, so... Zevin, you are on the Necrobor. You are taking off uh, after dropping everyone off at where they had to go. Basically, the montage happens in reverse. You've dropped everyone off, and you're taking off into the storm. Right before that, you dropped off the strike team at the tunnels that are way on the outskirts, uh, just before the storm starts, actually. Funny how that worked out. The tunnels themselves weren't covered by the storm, even though they're well in the middle of it. Huh. Mm. 
Anyway, you two head on into those tunnels. Don't think about it. Before that happens, of course, though, you dropped 4111KM, and do you want to take any goons with you? Any people? I'll take all my goons. All right, everyone is with you. You bring uh, an entourage, much like the acclaimed TV show Entourage, with you to <laughs> the prophets. And before that, you drop off um, uh, Dreadnought um, at a nearby furling area. It's not that far off because it's a cultural artifact that's been buried in the ice. Because much like in Godzilla Final Wars, what the furlings did to stop land is they blew up some ice underneath so it fell into a crevice and was frozen forever. <laughs> much like in Godzilla Final Wars. Uh, so it's pretty nearby because they marked the, the land, land, they marked Land's Raider as like the site that they would build their society, basically, you know, on the, the eve of destroying their greatest tyrant. So, and then we go one more backwards to you guys all going, and that's the plan. Break! And you guys leave uh, Handsome L's house after having a nice meal of crab meat, scones, but that kind of bread that's in like little octagons you put water on to turn into a little thing of bread from uh, Force Awakens. Hmm. Uh, and I'm going to say blue milk. <laughs> sure, why not? Of those animals here? Yeah, she has a tauntaun. Tauntauns give blue milk. She calls the Tauntaun Ugly L. <laughs> and if you're kind to it, you too can form a bond with it. It has two stats. Uh, st I thought it stunk on the outside and blue milk dispenser. Milk oh, milk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, boy. I'd rather make a bond with Handsome L than her weird pet. Yeah, the Tauntaun has two stats. Milk slash bee milked. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. We put that reference in from other games, uh, and we can wrap it up here. There we go. Oh, I'll say so. And this is sponsored by nobody? Signing off. So, <laughs> we will now, confusingly, from the viewer's perspective, switch right back to uh, Zevin on the ship after we just went backwards. We did a flashback, and we're going to do a flash forward. And you are on the Necrobore. You are going up just into high orbit to drop down uh, uh, sharply into low orbit to kind of, like, pick up speed and, like, outgun any like ships or landmines they might have left in orbit which they do they leave landmines in the sky uh they actually take like fucking weather balloons and they actually have like like droids and and um clone wars era like weapons that they've tied to those balloons that are ready to go critical like they have half a b1 battle droid with like its its head screwed into on a balloon holding a rifle shooting at you with a bomb taped to its chest that's, like, so unnecessary. They could have just used the same kind of bombs that they use in the Navy. They don't buy those. <laughs> they, they scavenge from the Clone Wars. It saves costs. Admiral That's Trench fair. recommended it because he's a good leader. He cut expenses by, like, half by just reusing old Clone War tech left behind. Good oh, and job, by taking, I guess. Oh, and by taking things by force and not paying for them. So, Are you uh, telling me that the Necromongers weren't doing that before? They weren't well organized at all. <laughs> like, like, their organization was garbage because no one was controlling them. They were out of control. It was an actual problem before Trench, uh, Trench came in. They were doing all sorts of things. Like the MI, the asshole, uh, Lasat. Just let you guys go because you solved a personal issue she had. That's not a good military, guys. That's, like, it's not. Fuck. So... Uh, Zevin, you got your ship primed. You got your co-pilot. Uh, his name is Krell something or other. Mm -hmm. uh, you got Tora and Rubar. They're also in the cockpit with you. They're like, we can do this. And you start to fly on down to engage 
the drawing fire set piece. So uh, there is a huge collection of horde troopers, uh, necromonger soldiers, and like people in artillery weapons, people on AA guns they've just shackled up onto the half-built walls, uh, low-flying speeders that they've put uh, high-altitude engine conversion kits onto. So it's a speeder that can go into low orbit, and if you stay too long, you'll suffocate and freeze. But you only live once, so try not to stay up there too long, Icarus. Uh, you have a nightmare of half-built Mad Max-style machinery aimed at killing you and anyone getting close to the space, starting to lock onto you and put you down. Sounds great. So I will reintroduce the location moves. We have terrible weather, which is you're in a catastrophic weather event that always deals hard cuts. And you have nature's wrath. When you're making a move uh, within the weather or like taking a direct action against the weather, like, you know, trying to like buffet the storm or overcome something that's on the way, you got to pay a price, which will be hard to do because they're all going to be hard cuts for a little while. But eventually you can, you can tune it down into soft cuts and that's when you're paying a price to, uh, it's a nightmare. Welcome to your nightmare. The, the, the weather is attacking you. Yep. Well, on the other hand, we have a really armed to the teeth warship. So, so uh, before I just start throwing a lot of nightmares at you, uh, I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'm gonna let you be the uh, white chess piece and take your first move. All right, we're going to come howling onto the scene, uh, knifing straight down through uh, their layers of uh, airborne defenses. Uh, Aiming to, they've basically kind of built up um, a man-made crater around this excavation site with their yep. ships from space. Killer. Not, so we're, not only are they doing that, they're starting to fill it with mud and sand from planets they brought in their barges, and they're using like turbo lasers from orbit to try and turn it into glass, so they can use a mirror to focus to burn further through the ice faster. Mm. So we're diving into that crater. So we're power diving into that crater to try and cut the worst of the storm winds. So we're not just taking it straight in the flanks from a uh, planetary super cyclone. Yeah. And as we uh, dive through all of those balloon born uh, landmines and uh, turrets. Yeah. Uh, the Necrobore launches its flanking harpoons straight through their balloons. Smart. Drags them out of the sky, and as we uh, as we cut and uh, go from a power dive to a horizontal bank around the edge of the crater, uh, spin the ship at high speed and start retracting uh, the harpoons and flinging those uh, our payload loose into the troops below. So you create a tornado of explosions and scrap metal and molten violence around your ship as it spins with a drill that's also spinning, I'm assuming, in the other direction all around this scene. That sounds like advantage, and that sounds like finish them. <laughs> Would that be gunnery or... Well, whatever you want. <laughs> sure. Well, you want oh, and of course we're coming in weapons hot, so area and... Oh yeah, spend Here's your ammo ahead of time for the scene. The ship is fine with that. Yeah, let me mark that down. Uh, that cuts us down to nine... Seven out of seven nine. Seven ammo. Nine to seven. Which, hey, that's seven more scenes. You don't have to refresh the ship. And would that require another use of ammo for this bombardment, or did we just sort of pick up our own? Whatever the rules are for the ship I mean, gun move. Whenever see. you do this stuff with ammo, you're spending ammo. 
Yeah, you got to spend ammo when you roll cannon. Okay, that's fair. Uh, that'll take us down to six. Alrighty, uh, cannon. I, I, I should have the dice roller open. I know, right? I keep forgetting about dice because I don't have to roll them anymore. I. <laughs> God, Fellowship has let me evolve beyond the need for dice. <laughs> why would I ever roll dice if I'm running a game? Like, why do I need probability? You guys need probability. I just need to click moves and pick menus from a Final Fantasy menu. <laughs> Don't make me do things. Don't make me do math. Remember when you wanted to run Cortex? <laughs> I'm so wrong. <laughs> hey, everybody, bring your 50 uh... dice. Yeah, yeah, Pete. Eight months later, you you did earn a Devin was a Devin was wrong coin, but you you, you know you, you don't like any of the sweets I make, so you're probably not going to cash that in. <laughs> Unless you cash it in for something more intangible, I have no idea how these coins work. You have to tell me. So, what did you roll, Devin? Oh, all uh, right. Let's see. Uh, plus two for cannon. Uh, that would be an eight. Ooh. Sounds like a damage. Yeah, do you want, like, do you want to burn a crew? Oh yeah, you can burn crew if you burn two crew. Two crew to just straight up take something out. That's true. Yeah. Uh, what am I even going after here? Uh, uh, you're going after the threats on site because you put area in, right? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you well, did. I mean, I've got that all seen. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have area and you have what piercing, you said. Yeah. So it's all the yeah. threats visible in the drawing fire scene, which is. Uh, the Horde Troopers and the Calculator. Okay, yeah. I believe I'll go ahead and spend two crew to just uh, take everything out. Christ. Um, it's piercing, right? Yes. I will let you take out the Calculator without him ever gaining to respond because he has no allies around him that he can save himself with if you spend one more ammo for burning because that'll definitely ensure it gets to him and burns through his armor and pierces through it. Because he's in a bunker. Okay, well, you solved that much faster than I thought you would because I forgot about <laughs> area. Uh, so you see, like a like an um, you, you see a relic actually. It's an Um B one battle droid uh, inside like a heavily bunkered Clone Wars era tank that's like been armored and like has had ship steel welded to it and stuff like a little dwarf tank with a long nose. And he's like being like, "All right, troopers, let's all shoot at that ship." I've calculated that, and they start screaming as they all start melting, uh, like Sarah Connor in that dream she has in T two. Oh my like, god! Like, like all the their armor blows off of them. They're just left with like the wiring harnesses and the barest uh, metal skeletons, and they all melt and immediately like leave carbon shadows on the ground. Well, his fingers crossed it's not Kim's brother or something. No, no, it was a B1 <laughs> droid, not a tactical droid. It's an Oom unit. Look up Oom 9. Okay, well, that's one of the Overlord's uh, organization members immediately killed. No questions asked. My bad. My bad. I should have not put him directly nearby because you have bombs. Cool. Holden, you win a victory point. Feel free to spend it on destroying a location move or on just on disabling a threat in someone else's scene if they're having problems or uh, whatever. Just talk to the other player, okay? Sure so, thing. Uh, you have guys, a, do you want me to say, hold on to that or should we get rid of Nature's Wrath? I'd maybe hold on to it right now. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. When you need Because we don't know what people are going to be actually have trouble with or not. But doesn't Nature's Wrath mean we have to... Um... Yeah, so we'll get there. Uh, so, Dreadnought. You are in your tactical Dreadnought armor. You have... Who'd you, who'd you bring with you? Did you bring all your guys? Dreadnought? Oh, sorry, sorry. I forgot the Dreadnought was with me. 
Oh, buddy. I'm so used to calling me. Dr- I'm so used to you calling me Dread. I just it didn't even occur to me that that was me. Um, yeah, I would have brought in my uh, my um, the little guys that let me see better. I yes, they're they're really attached them. to your Mac. Yeah, if you brought the Mac, you brought them. I would have brought uh, R two. Who else do I even have? Oh, the Republican? Oh, yeah. Who oh, yeah. The and the Republicans with me. Yeah. Yeah, the Republicans there. Ha-ha. Did you, did, did you have any other companions you picked up from the, the Furlings? Uh, Mother. I mean, I, I wanted to make a bond with Handsome L, but I'm not going to take her with me into this fight. Forge a bond with Handsome L. Okay. Also, you do have a bunch of Furlings with you because part of the plan is they're going to man the... They're going to man Lan's Raider. Like, they're the crew of the Land Raider. Is L just actually spelled E-L, or is it just a letter L, or... E-L-L-E. Okay. Ellie. Handsome L. I think she has... Did I give you guys stats for her? I think it'd be Teddy Bear and Handsome. That's fair. That makes sense. Easy peasy, lemon sneezy. So, uh, you and your and your grumble of furlings uh, have gone into the tunnel system to like the ancient reverie site where they keep Lands Raider. Um, as soon as you approach like the tunnel that would lead into it, it's sealed off with stone, and the stone has various like accoutrements and things basically on it, being like, "Don't remove this stuff. This place is sealed. There are ghosts in here. Don't wake up the ghosts." And uh, I'm gonna wake up those ghosts. Yeah, you just smash it open with your dreadnought fists because they're drills. Right. Oh, also your dreadnought—I forgot that you put like the the, the Mandalorian uh, Mythosaur droid parts into it, so it's partially like alive and predatory, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. I gotta remember you that. Look into all of that stuff. Curious, <laughs> right? So yeah, you immediately desecrate this tomb and unleash the curse within it, uh, Mummy the Curse style, uh, and uh, just smash on in. All the furlings are cheering. They're super happy at how much you don't care about ghosts haunting you for the rest of your life. They think think you're a radical person to take on that lifetime curse. They didn't do it. They didn't open that tomb. They're just coming in afterwards. It's fine. Yeah, hopefully it's not, you know, a King Tut scenario where everyone just dies. Well, everyone might just die because this might be a fucking nightmare. But you see it. You, you enter on a, a icy shelf that goes down into the cavern, and the canyon is full of stalagmites and stalagmites made out of like hard frozen icicles, strong as durasteel and eternally cold due to the uh, unique properties of Hoth. And there, impaled on some of the spikes, on its treads is Lan's Raider, the crawling fortress of the Furling Pirate Queen. Uh, it is colored. It is colored Arctic white. It has uh, red and black on it from carbon scoring and maybe blood. Um, <laughs> and yeah, there's all sorts of like little shrines and temples around it where people were like putting stuff down to keep the spirit of land at bay. Hmm. So uh, as you're approaching in, the entire cave is shaking. There are fissures forming and you can see like hot steam water pour down from crevices every once in a while because that bad weather. Oh, you better believe it's right here. So like this place is being shaken up by uh, by what's happening on top side, and then there's a giant explosion as uh, Zevin uh, orbitally bombards the area. <laughs> you hear some noises coming from the various stalactites and stalagmites as you see an entire nest of wampas start to stir out of hibernation. There's like a hole nearby showing that they came in. The hole's on a slant lean to the surface, but it's mostly iced over with weaker ice. It looks like that's where the land raider would be driven out of, and the wampas came in through it and nested. 
The um, Wumpas are wearing Necromonger armor. Like, not like armor made for them, but they've killed a lot of Necromongers and turned their armor into, like, clothing and battle equipment. Um, a lot of them look scarred and burned. A lot of them have, like, like, like physical deformities from violence on them. Uh, if you were an intelligent clone trooper, you would put two and two together and realize these people might be being harassed by the Necromongers, just like the Furlings were. Or yeah. slavers, because they enslave Wookiees on Kashyyyk. You better believe if they found Arctic Wookiees on Hoth, they were going to take them too. Yeah, especially because they're not actually as intelligent, so they'd be better beasts of burden. And that's really all they're wanting they, Wookiees for anyway. They are as intelligent. They just don't quite have everything figured out yet because they haven't been given the chance. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot stress that more. This is not a thing about... Them being dumb, guys. It's fine. And then the Republican goes, "Well, they're wearing neo Necromonger." No, I know. That's why I said. That's why I said, "Wait," because I was I was going to bring that up. Yeah, he's pulling. He has both his guns out, and he's lining up a bead on two foreheads. Uh, right. Yeah, now. Uh, I'm gonna throw my uh, mech's arm sideways and be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, stop!" Okay, I'll stop. Sure, I can stop. I can stop whenever I want. I don't know what's wrong with that guy. He never listens. It's like you can't get through to him. Okay, uh, it looks like these guys are only wearing the armor because they defeated the actual bad guys. So, oh, oh, like how I do sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So there's no need to kill them. Uh, hmm. Hey, uh, I'm going to turn to the, the uh, furlings. All right. Do I speak their language? Yeah, we speak basic. Oh, no, Devin. Oh, I just remembered that I made my droid into a talker and not a combatter did i fix that i mean you tell me he's your character you can choose okay i can just say that i did okay good because <laughs> i was like oh no like it's good that he can talk but i, I actually didn't realize they talk they spoke basic though nicole so. this isn't dungeons and dragons you can just do things that don't hurt you Honestly, okay but they're cavemen so i assumed there would be problems <laughs> But yeah, okay, if they just speak basic, it's like, oh, okay, never never mind then. <laughs> Be like, hey, uh, you guys been having tro- uh, problems with those necromongers? They all turn and see a white crab-armored soldier like the necromongers are and start making sounds and pointing at you and uh, ready and blast. Oh, okay, they see a monster yeah. uh, that's like yelling at them and growling because your mech growls now and has like a Cylon eye that's red and burning. So a demon shows up, a demon shows up. Uh, with a bunch of other demons and furlings, and they're like, oh no, the race war has started. Because the furlings brought a demon here to kill them. Uh, and they all start leveling blasters up at the mountain where you are and start talking to each other. Uh, I will straight up get out of my mech then and take my helmet off to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, what do I want from this? What do I want from this? I want an overcome from you. I want you to overcome them immediately going to violence because they've had a very rough uh, little while being hunted like sport. Now, I have a question. When I'm in my mech, I roll iron for overcome. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting out of my mech. Yeah. Do I roll not with that then? Because I'm yeah. currently in the process of getting out. Okay. I actually don't know what overcome is normally. Blood? <laughs> Blood? Yeah, it's you being oh. like passionate and being like, no, guys, don't. I'm your friend. Come on. <laughs> That's not bad at all then. So... You're, being, you're being passionate and hot-blooded. Yeah. You, you did. You were you were dangerous too. You jumped out of your war mech, took off your helmet, like no guys, yeah. whoa, and made yourself a target. Yeah, we're all on the same side here. Just one moment here. Gotta open up a fucking dice roller. <laughs> That's a suspiciously specific request, but okay. 
oh no <laughs> if you let me violate this one time i'll let you violate just one time would you let me do this that's very specific but yes i'm okay with it we all i almost plan to do that in the th- in the the revenge of the sith version of our rifts versus star wars game i was almost prepped to do that peter do no <laughs> all right what do you get on overcome dread um i got a seven <laughs> that's not bad that's perfectly frangible yeah frangible it's a word i assume i throw mm, i think he's wrote two crew out the airlock to help oh my god you can't do that you're not that's only when the ship acts <laughs> all right so pay a price or take the 10 plus to take the 10 plus result pay your price nicole pay. okay um let me take a look at the pay a price list yeah Kind of sucks it's on the same uh, sheet that we have all of the setting stuffings. I have to keep rolling back up. I know it sucks. So sad. Um, Peter, I keep forgetting you have a Zillow beast and a Rancor. What's up with y'all? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, a Zillow beast? I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a baby, though, right? Section like really fun. Peter, I just want to be clear. Did you remember to take the Zillow Beast, or did you leave it on the Necrobore? Because that's going to be fun either way. I mean, of course you took it with me. Why wouldn't I, you know, not ride my zigzag to battle? Okay, good. You're good, good. It is a baby, though, right? Like, it's uh, not as big as the one from... The word is youngling. I mean, I'd love it to be as big as that other one, but I don't think our ship is big enough for that. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Yeah. You'd, have, you'd have to do his relationship quest to give him his third stat, which would be the giant stat. Mm. That's what you gotta do, and then you have to breed it so it gets fourth stat swarm. Oh no! I would like to. <laughs> Ain't no one get advantage on that. Hey Devin. Yeah. Um, I would like to. Yeah, I'll get out of my mech. I'll take my helmet off and be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're here to fight the same enemy that you are. We're here to help. We're okay. on the same side in this fight." And I'm going to uh, use that silk that I still have to, like, bind up one of their wounds to, like, prove that I'm... Spend some gear? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. All right, you, you go and you give them fine, exotic alien silks because you're some sort of space warrior. I specifically uh, use it to, like, bind one of their wounds and stuff. Like, maybe, yeah, like, yeah. as a sling for someone's arm or something. No, it's really <laughs> good as, as medical material. Like, a cat yeah. it's a very good sling that has a give, but, like, keeps it taut so their bones can set. And, like, the Wampas kind of, they all lower their guns, and they're all, like, one of the leader comes up to you, and, like, he fishes out of a satchel uh, a a, um, a tactical droid uh, that's just a torso with no arms, and just, like, hits it in the head a bit, and it boots up. Oh, hello, clone. And then starts hitting him. I guess I'm supposed to translate, right, clone? Uh, yeah. Ugh, disgusting. This is the worst. I wish I was dead. <sighs> So you can talk to the Wampa leader now. Okay. I'm going to swing the spotlight away because you definitely avoided that problem, and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so glad you told me that they're people. Oh, Nicole, you goddamn Nicole. You goddamn Nicole. Oh, this would have been so bad otherwise. I I wouldn't have known until afterwards you guys would be like, what are you doing? Just a literal bloodbath. So, 411 KM. Wait a minute, did she get a victory point? Uh, no, you're, she's not done yet. I'm just moving oh, okay. from the move because she didn't wrap it up in one go. I'm okay, trying to yep. keep the, the momentum going. Okay, so, cool, cool. 411 KM, you yeah. have been left outside Vision, the chapter house of the Pro- Secrets of the Prophet Mandalorians, also known as the Dwarf Playbook. Um, it is a 
icy glacier mesa made of naturally occurring uh, minerals that are basically durasteel, but without being processed. So it like deflects signals really well. It's very hardy. It's not being affected by tremors as much. So you're actually completely immune to the location set piece right now. Uh, it's not affecting you at all. You're fine. Yeah. You know, you're better than fine. You're, you're doing great. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, have some hope. I don't care. Not really, but yeah. So, um, after you land and they go away, a single Mandalorian in like chromed battle armor walks on out of like a, like an elevator shaft that comes out of the ice, like a turbo lift shaft, uh, walks up to you and, uh, says you're 411KM, correct? That's correct. I am here to meet with the Prophet Outs chapter of the Mandalorians. Are you one of the members? Yes, we've been expecting you. Come with me in your entourage. Excellent. Thank you. So you go into the turbo lift, which is big enough to carry everyone, and it goes down. And it goes down pretty rapidly because they're fairly deep under the ice. And like, you know, the, the shaft has various like doors that close behind it, like snapping shut. So there's like layers of bunker to it. And you are opened up in some sort of beautiful underground megastructure geode city. Like they've hollowed out the mountain into like tunnels, but also have left like big chasms in it that have like large rectangular asymmetrical buildings hanging from the ceiling like stalagmites coated in bismuth like metal materials. They give off a constant uh, rainbow coruscanting shimmer. Uh, there's a central light system in their temple in the middle that will reflect off of it, giving them a day night cycle with tunnels leading off in various directions that are artfully crafted. Nothing here looks rough or, or natural. It all looks like it's been carefully cultivated to be this sort of crystal spire, bismuth metal clad hanging city inside uh, the mountain. Ooh, pretty. And, and like there's, there's, there's glass and transparent aluminum everywhere like you can see through things all over this place it is very visually appealing and very vertigo right. and and heights scary right uh and yeah you're brought down to like the ground level um you know that mandalorian starts to guide you through you know he talks he's friendly he points out various structures as you're going uh, and he brings you up to the temple like it's a big uh square pyramid sort of design with light constantly going off of it to create the day night cycle uh, there's a bunch of Mandalorians standing on guard there that are like waiting for you in a procession. Um, some of them even have like banners that have like your house sigil on it, uh, waiting to greet you. Because again, you've been here for a thousand generations. You're famous, oh, you know that, right? That's true. I keep forgetting that I'm famous. <laughs> You're so famous. It's it's infuriating. You're the heir. Well, she wasn't active for the thousand generations. Yes, but... she was. When she woke up, she became an active member of the Strait of Messina, and everyone knows about her. Well, yeah, I actually thought that she had been sleeping for that thousand years. I didn't realize that she had been awake the whole time. I thought she was a recent. Yeah, I, I thought I had only been um, there's a for the past few decades. What is important is there was a period of time where you were not active, and then there was a period of time where you were active, and in that period of time that you were active, you were the most famous droid in the Strait of Messina that yeah. everyone kind of universally loves. Yeah, these are the facts that matter. Facts of life, Transformers. Uh, so yeah, your procession is allowed up into the temple. The temple has, um, Mandalorians in armor that have like gold and bismuth designs on them. Um, there are display cases that have like breastplates made of material you don't recognize that have the Jedi order symbol on them, uh, cloaks of material that seem to look kind of like stylized Jedi robes in like display cases, uh, a mummified hand, uh, gripping a damaged lightsaber, uh, just, you know, on, again, just on display as you go into their main temple hall. Um, and the Mandalorians here have like a, like a sort of purpley, uh, bismuth highlights to them. And as you come in, 
Uh, there's one single Mandalorian standing out among the rest. Uh, he his armor is bulkier. It has like shoulder missile launchers. It has a backpack that has like a, a, a an energy a fusion cell clip on it. Um, he has holstered on the floor with like his his squires and his apprentices holding his weaponry, which is like a large heavy cannon and like other weapon systems. Like he he brings a procession with him where he goes to hold his advanced gear. And um, he has like a long flowing cape. His helmet's been stylized to make it look like one of his eyes in the visor have been blown open or replaced with a droid prosthetic for targeting. It's a whole thing going on with him. In other words, he screams important. Yeah. And um, he opens his arms like without weapons to greet you to come in for a hug. Well, I, I greet him accordingly. Yeah, he's a hugger. And uh, he's like, you're 4111KM, correct? The, the hero droid? I am, and I believe you are the leader of the prophets, are you not? I'm afraid I'm not the leader of our chapter house, but I am a, uh, I, I, I'm a cultural leader. I am part of the heavy faction. I see, I see. Interesting. What is the heavy faction? We are the heavy weapons. We are the ordnance. We are the shipbuilders. We are the destroyers. Anything that, anything that someone puts up with care and consideration, we ruin. Ah, the powerful fist of the chapter house. Mm-hmm. It's a heavy burden to bear, one that must be weighed responsibly to not destroy our own nest. I understand. It like a makes... fat crate dragon smashing through its eggs. Um, I understand. It must be a great honor and burden both. It's my gift and also my curse. He puts his arms out looking to the sky like he's, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, a martyr? Mm. Yeah. yeah, martyr is definitely the word you're looking yeah. for. He martyrs himself. It is my gift and my curse. I understand. I understand. Now we know why you're here. You want us to declare war on this on this petty death cult. And we're interested because normally we wouldn't even deal with droids because we don't consider them part of our kind of cultural exchange. But recently we have been convinced to allow you to engage in our vision quests. Well, I... I am deeply grateful from the bottom of my chassis. And I was, what is this vision? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> right? What is this vision quest you speak of? For us, the heavies, to convince us to join you and get my vote, you must go on the hero quest of plenty. Tell me more. It's reenacting famous events from our chapter's personal history, and specifically the heavy clan's personal history, that of the bill coming due. Being a heavy means you constantly have to budget and ration resources. Every time I fire one of these ordinances, it represents a month's worth of food, maybe an entire season's worth of profits, a ship, a hospital. I understand. So for us to engage in this war with you, you need to give us something we can use to offset the cost. Ah, I see. So... The only thing you're offer, you're asking me for resources. We have to. The bill comes due, and it costs thirty five thousand credits to fire that weapon, the one the squire's holding, for six seconds. Are you asking me to fire it for six seconds, or no, I, asking I, you for the the equivalent of firing it for six six seconds? We just need resources to fund this war. We we for us to replace our ordinance, you have to imburse us. That is something I can definitely do. And I start pulling out precious things. How much precious do you got on you? Um, how much do I need? How much do you got? And we'll start there. Those are fleecing you. Yeah, you're fleecing me. 
Well, you're doing a hero quest, which is basically like you get to decide in the language of the quest, you know, how much you, the hero, gave to the heavies to make them join a war that wasn't their war. You're, you're reenacting something from their past. That's fair. That's fair. So uh, what kind of hero were you to come to them? Were you stingy? Were you benevolent? Were you over generous? Who knows? It'll determine how well you follow the legend. I'll be a generous hero and start with uh, three precious things. All right. And that's just various stuff you got on hand. Yeah. Three precious things? All right. Um, give me finish them with hope and advantage. Um, I don't have to. What? What does that mean? <laughs> Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Is this one of the quoted and it's going to be beautiful? Right? Um. Yeah, if I'm alone, I don't have to roll to finish anybody. I don't. What I, move I have, is that? I have strike true. Oh, oh my god! Uh, they cannot chase further. They cannot give chase. I guess it'd be beaten down, like metaphysically. The, the, yeah, abstractly. You you basically engage with the myth really well, and you're all like, you throw in this treasure, and it's like, this is what the hero, you know, blah blah blah. And they're like, yeah, all right. I throw down the the epic treasures of old and sway them with my amazing wealth, and convince them that. Even if they throw their resources at this war, they won't be left behind and they will have plenty afterwards. The heavy gestures to the rest of the Mandalorians present, they all cheer and like slam their fists on their armor and start hugging each other. And, you know, he gives you a hug and it's like the, the, the evil has been defeated and the world has been set right. You have completed this hero quest and it will echo through the rest of time. The heavies, oh, yeah. You have the heavies at your hand. And he'll uh, radio in and some of them will start to head into the elevator with a bunch of war equipment to go and uh, aid Zevin. So you get a victory point. Thank you, Royal. Yeah, right? We will move on. Uh, just on the, the little bit of danger, though, as someone walks in and it's like, that will not continue as... An identical version of you walks in your sibling with a bunch of necromongers with them. All right. The strike team. So you guys, you are, do you want to start uh, the adventure now or do you want to wait for the rest of them to get one more pass before you guys uh, begin with the ray shields? I'm fine either way. Yeah, That's, I'm okay either way. That is not a decisive decision. I, are I we do... going to uh, finish the scene that I was in, or are yeah. we going to move on from that? Yeah, yeah let's, let's go back to Nicole. Let's go back she's to Nicole, the only yeah. one that didn't finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like do it. That. Yeah. All right. So we're going to cut back then now that that's happening and you hear more explosions topside as uh, heavy Mandalorians with heavy weapons start showing up. Uh, they're in they're in Mandalorian uh, tactical uh, dreadnought armor and are dropping on down with their power claw with their lightning claws and power fists. And they're plus six armor saves. <laughs> uh, that's good in Warhammer, right? Plus six armor saves is good? Sure. Why not? Or is it plus one? I don't know how Warhammer 40k works. Uh, you anymore. really want two ups. You really want two ups. Uh-huh. Does one up exist? Uh, you really don't want it to exist, no. Okay, cool. So yeah, they're going to show up and do that. So uh, the, 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 the Wampas will listen to you because you calm them down for going into a blood murder rage. Um, so yeah, you're talking to them. The droid is going to translate. You can talk with the Wampa leader, Dreadnought. And this is uh, this is them talking. What do you want from us, clone? 
we are currently, uh, the planet is currently under attack. We are working to drive them back, not only from this planet, but from, oh man, maybe these people, but from this whole system. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, maybe these people don't know about space, That's but I thought that with now. the furlings too. And, right? you know. Uh, so from, yeah. from the land of the sister's shadow, if yeah. you want to get poetic. Sure, I'll, I'll fucking say it that way. Um, we could definitely use warriors of your stature to join us in this fight. Listen, clone, and remember, this is the droid yeah. translating, so it's not perfect. Listen, clone, we're tired of war and fighting and violence and sadness and loneliness. We found a nice place to live that things stay away from, and we want to just ride it out here wait for things to pass and then find some sort of better land to live in because the furlings don't want us anymore because we're too injured. Well, it looks like you've been having troubles with them even here. Oh, these wounds are all from like the Necromonkers hunting them topside. Oh, okay. They've just been living, like they don't live in the ship. They live inside like the cave here. Okay. Um, Let's pick them up. You don't have to... Yeah, pardon? Let's pick them up and drop them on Commercial Prime. Well, uh, like we probably could relocate them, but we don't really have to. I mean, so we'll okay. be vacating some villas soon, you know, once we kill those, you know, sapient phages. Yeah. Are you, you going to promise them to go on a hero quest to get them a new palatial estate home where they can live their lives in luxury? Yeah, totally. Like, I don't know if they'd like living on Commercial Prime. Can you give them anything right now to seal the deal? Like anything valuable to show that you have intent to pay to pay up later? Hmm. I mean, I can I can share a meal with them. I can't think of anything else I can really uh, give them. Don't you have another scarf? No, that was my last one. Uh, my last I, scarf. I, you guys are I have used, to go back. I used the other one to make myself some sexy clothes to seduce the queen of the Lasat. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah! Hey, we sexy clothes to seduce the wampas with. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just, just give me a minute. I need to get changed. How about now, baby? <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. No. It cuts to Tamora Morrison's interview. It's like I don't know why we had to film that scene that way. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's implied that you just used up all that clothes. So I guess it was some nice time then. Jesus Christ! It's just they threw the outfit out. <laughs> They're like, oh, we can't keep this. Oh. <laughs> Burn it. <laughs> so, oh yeah, can, can you uh, give them something tangible? Or you could challenge them in combat. Like, you challenge one of them to mortal combat to, like, not mortal, you could spare them, but, like, to, like, be like, I, uh, the thing you offer them is proof of your strength. Yeah, I can do that. Okay, so one of the wampas. Put them outside of the mech? Yeah, because the one of the Wampus takes off his armor, throws his spear down, and throws the droid on the ground, and like hits his chest and like lunges at you. Uh, okay, I guess we're going. <laughs> right? Oh no. If you have nothing to offer as he strips off his Necromonger skull armor and throws the spear into the ground and picks up the droid and smashes it uh, on, a, on a nearby pillar as he starts to die and his voice goes out, if you will not offer us anything tangible, offer us your strength. And then poof, it dies. It dies? Yeah, the droid. He smashes the droid's head against the pillar. Oh! Okay. And yeah, he pounds his chest and just lunges at you like a goddamn Wookiee ready to tear your arm out of your sockets. 
So that's a cut coming your way. Uh, do with that what you will, clone. Overcome, overcome. Yeah, I guess, right? I mean, you yeah. gotta do the, you gotta say the thing to do the thing. Um, so what do you do? So he's lunging at me. You don't I'm even going... have to overcome. You could let this cut hit you and instead do something to get advantage and finish him. Hmm. Man, it's been so long since I've had a real fight in this game. Goddamn, man. I would like to... Um... Would you like us to spin the spotlight away while you figure out what you want to do? Sure. Or do you know what you want to do? Uh, I was going to try to roll out of the way of the Wampa, jump up onto my mech and onto like a stallion, whatever the ones are from the ceiling, uh, and break it off to fall on the guy. Okay, well, that means you have to overcome his threat then. Because okay. rolling out of the way is literally overcoming it. Or getaway uh, could also, I think, work. Because you're getting away. If you want to avoid the car coming away, that's overcome. Hmm. Yeah, overcome, Nicole. Ah, nice. I got an eight. Okay, so let me see here. So pay a price to make it go away, or it's only temporary. Make your choice. Mm. Oh, God damn these prices. Damn these prices. I am not want to pay. The price list is painful. Yeah, it's meant to be. Pay your <laughs> I mean, it's like, well, I'm not going to take damage because then what's the point of rolling overcome? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to lose my weapon because I literally only have one weapon not in my mech. Uh, <laughs> you could damage the Republican you have bonds with. No. Damage. I'm not damage. Gonna... Hmm? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say damage the bond with handsome L. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that would make sense. Um, I think I will uh, roll behind R2. So I will damage a bond with the companion. You use him as cover, mm. is what yeah. happens. R2's like, wait, I'm not involved in... Oh, God! <laughs> by the maker! You're my maker! Why'd you let this happen to me? Ah! And he gets smashed into a wall. <laughs> and the Wampa just comes at you as fast as it can. All right, so you've overcome the threat of the Wampa just mauling you. What do you do now? Jump up on top of my mech, jump up onto the ceiling, break off a stalactite or whatever, and um, use the momentum of the swing of me breaking it off to land back on the guy and, like, knock him on the head so I win. Okay. Uh, finish them then. <laughs> um, okay, I don't want to kill him. So what's the one for just, like... Do you have the finish them PDF up? I do. I'm just, I'm just looking. Sense is disabling them or knocking them out. Sense? Yeah. Oh, that's not great. <laughs> no, it ain't. You have a to retreat with courage. Okay. Or outsmart them with grace. Or do you want to tie I mean... them out with iron? Hey, guys, I'm going to step away for a minute. Sure. I think her playbook okay. actually has to be in the mech to use iron, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's not, it's yeah. not the dwarf. The dwarf is just iron yeah. every day. What does courage do again, you said? 
force, force them to retreat. retreat. Which is not beating him in combat. Like, yeah. as it is, it makes him surrender, but that's... It's, it's supposed to be like a physical fight. Yeah. Do it with sense. Knock him out with a stalactite. You're dropping a stalactite on him. He... Well, I rolled a six. Perfect. Thank God. Okay. Uh, if I had rolled even a single number lower, I would have failed because I have plus zero to sense. Uh, six is failure. Uh, so I think this is about <laughs> the point where I should probably spend my victory point to shake the ceiling and drop a slag tight on the thing's yeah. head let's, myself. Let's do that. Let's do that and clear out this yeah. threat. Okay, so yeah, uh, you're unable to get to the slag tight and make it drop, and then a uh, spare round hits the hits the the area above the cave, dropping it on the wampa and knocking him out. Like he's just out of the fight, not dead. Yeah, we do not need a hard cut coming in before we even get started with Sicarius and crew. It would have been so hard. It would have been so great. Okay, perfect, excellent. So yeah, you beat the leader. Uh, the other wampas. Uh, I mean, did I though? The other wampas. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to keep continuing. The other wampas uh, gather on up and like look at you like, okay, what next? You fulfilled your end of the bargain and you said you're going to go get us a palatial estate on a, on a planet. So they're, they're with you. I, I guess I just take them with me. Into the, the, the sand crawler? I, I guess, yeah. Perfect. All right. So I mean, I was either out. going to fight them or just ask them to just leave me alone. But... No, they, they were going to help you. That was the deal. Yeah. You get to forge a bond, right? Yeah, you could forge a bond with these wampas. Wampa army. Two stats. It's a group. Wampa and army. <laughs> it's a group of wampas. It has three stats, which is blood hunter, claws and death, and group. Oh. You know, that's just how it works. Okay, I'm going to move then uh, to let's start the first bit of the strike team. So that's Ian and Peter, right? Yup. Okay, so you've gone into that tunnel, you've bypassed a bunch of areas, um, you're starting to get close to kind of the entrance point that'll bring you into the, the main ruins of uh, where the ground was basically ripped up by the entrance of the ghost hand, and as you come on through, you hear two things. One, there's an advanced party of, uh, um, what do you goddamn call them, necromongers, down here, like... There's a group of necromongers and a bunch of clone war battle droids, like separatist backed up in good condition droids. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, they're all walking. They have a hologram. They're being directed by Admiral Trench. Um, and they're setting up equipment down here that is basically repeaters to help a ship lock on. And all of a sudden, snap, ray shields start showing up everywhere. And you realize you are trapped in this area with them. Okay. I'm immediately going to start crawling up onto the ceiling where no one can see me. Okay, Peter. So I'm hiding. Well, um, I guess I'll let Sakara take the point to start. Okay, so, and remember, guys, this is the point where you'd want to buzz the crew and let them know there's a ray shield set up, because ray shields are basically indestructible shields. Yeah, uh, I'll buzz um, Zevin. Hey, Zevin, do you want to... There's We got some ray shields down here. Now... Zevin, that's a bit of an interesting complication because ray shields uh, are usually projected from a secondary source. So there's probably a ship or a structure somewhere in the planet's orbit that's throwing them down below ground. All right, we're scanning for the source of the ray shields. 
Um, yeah, you're able to determine that quite easily. There is a Necromonger ship in low orbit uh, alongside the Empty Manger, and it is, like, targeting an area of the Eye of the Storm and bombarding it with ray shield energies. Hang tight. I'll see what I can do. So, uh, the solution you might want to go for is you could try and destroy the ship, which will definitely attract, like, attention, or you could try to land onto it into its docking bay and board it and, like, deal with the problem, you know, hands-on. Because you'll have to go into the orbit where the other ships might be waiting, and your ship already looks like a Necromonger ship. That's true. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's cut skyward and, uh, see what, <clears throat> and try and get eye, at least electronic eyes on the ship, see what we're dealing with. Yeah, it's a battle cruiser. You know, it's you could probably fight it with your own ship, but it's going to have backup and it's going to have meat on it. So if you want to engage in that uh, space firefight, you can. Um, but you could probably just like you've done previously, fly right into its docking bay without being harassed. Well, if it's big enough to yes, yeah, take one of a uh, ship like ours into the docking bay. I, I'm just tempted to do something with the drill. It's, it's the only thing. Oh, yeah. It's very hard to return fire when the fire is literally coming from inside your own superstructure, you know? Oh, for sure. Uh, then again, these are area and... Uh... You know what? I've got... <clears throat> I've got two Jedi with me. Uh, this it seems absolutely like an Obi-Wan Death Star shut down the shields mission. Okay. As, as fun as, like, burrowing into them and trying to blow them apart from the inside out would be. Uh, we'll do this the Jedi way. All right, you are ascending to dock with the shield ship, the ray shield ship. Uh, so we will, you know, we'll cut back to the strike team. Strike team, what are you going to do while that's happening? It looks like you got someone on the ray shields, but, you know, these guys might find you eventually or they might start opening fire on you. So what position do you want to put yourselves in to be tactically advantageous? As I say, I'm on the ceiling. Like, I'm, I'm trying to blend in with the, you know, stalagmite slag tights, just yeah. stay hidden on the ceiling. Very much natural caves and ice flows. You know, there's evidence of technology down here, like bits of metal and like walls and stuff and corridors that have been fused with the ice. But as for the most part, yeah, natural cave. Okay. Hmm, I guess I'll uh, lay my trap maybe somewhere ahead where they're, uh, well, probably will be aiming to go. And, you know, once I trigger that, just go after them. What trap do you throw down? Arrow trap. So what does that look like? Is that just like arrows? Do you set some blasters up? Um, well, rock slide? It's the furling technology, so probably... No, 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 stuff. No. They taught you how to make it. That's what the spend is. You know how to ram all uh, together traps. Well, then probably you know, some bent metal or something that are just spring-loaded and just waiting for someone to step through this. Okay. Just around the corner. All right. Nice. Uh, so yeah, they're going to walk directly into that arrow trap. Um, heck, Ian, you could lure them by just dropping rocks along the way until they go there. Yeah. Like a nightmare. Yep. Uh, so yeah. Who, which one of these, uh, threats do you want to lure in? Um, let's see. Maybe the swarm uh, of arrows. Do we want the swarm of arrows or the warrior swarm? Mm. Probably the swarm of arrows because they're, you know, annoying to have around really. That's fair. Okay. All right, so a bunch of battle droids walk into the arrow trap area, and what happens to them? Uh, arrow trap deals one damage to an undamaged enemy. Oh, wow, that kills them instantly. Yep. 
Okay, well, they're dead. Uh, okay. Wow, instantly, no roll. Okay, let's now cut back to the Necrobore. So, what is happening in space? I'm trying to dock with the, uh, the ship. You have docked. There are Necromongers in cleaner, more official-looking armor that's been smoothed over, and there are Clone War battle droids on board. Rubar kind of uh, pats you on the back. Hey, now it's like we're actually now it's like we're actually fighting the actual war. Begin taking back this sector. Mm. Before we leave, I'd like to rig the hallway leading up to the uh, cockpit with one of my pit traps. Oh God! Okay, done. Yeah. So, like, there's a panel there that will just, yeah, okay. deadfall them into like spikes. Yeah, just you know, just in case we don't want any uh, unexpected uh, boarding parties, we're gone. Krell gives you all the thumbs up. It's like good luck out there, because he's not going. <laughs> <laughs> he's part of the ship now. No, right? um, God. All right, I guess we better set off and find the controls or power source for this ray shield. All right, so I'm going to throw three different threats at you right off the bat. Finding, um, stealthing, finding the controls, breaking the generator. How do you get through uh, stealthing? Um, I believe we ought to uh, ambush a uh, small party of uh, necromongers and steal their uniforms. No, wait, we're, I'm an idiot. We, we just came from a necromonger ship. It's full of necromonger uniforms. We'll go out wearing those. All right. Uh, yeah, good enough for me. Um, the next one is how are you going to find where the, the ray shield controls are? Because it's going to be a piece of exotic technology that will need its own command room. It does. It's not done from the bridge. It needs its own specialists. Mm, trust the force to point the way using my lantern. My God, that's so good. All right. So you get to the ray shield control room. There are a bunch of battle droids and technicians in here, and they are playing around with the machinery. And it also includes that the ray shield machinery is covered in ray shields. Like, they have segments on it and stuff. You know, it's kind of like airlocks of different ray shield concentric circles, like a maze almost. Oh, I've still got the lantern to point me a path through, I think. You're going to start running into necromongers, and these are ones that are actually trained to ask questions like, why are you here? Where's your identification? Why does your uniform look like such garbage? Why does that necromonger have big Gungan ears? That's weird. I don't know Gungans live in the Strait of Messina. Hey, don't we hunt a Gungan for sport? Those yeah, kinds of that, questions. Uncomfortable questions. Yeah, that seems like a really great time for us to uh, ambush them and use the force to just bang them against the ray shields until they're unconscious. Yeah, yeah, that would work. That I mean, would work. Uh, assuming we're talking about a small crowd and not like 200 fucking necromongers or anything. All right, that's enough for advantage. Give me finish them on the shield uh, generator. Groovy. Okay. And let's see how that plays out before we come back to the strike team. Sorry, this is always so slow bouncing between like three different oh, no. tabs to get my stats. That's a nine. I mean, that's damage. Um, 
so yeah, you're able to like start a firefight in the shield generator room and start blowing up consoles, destroying redundant systems. You're starting to carve your way through. We're going to cut back to the strike team then. Hey, strike team. That's Sicarius and Shiny Peak. Yep. What's up? You, um, you can tell from the way some of the ray shields are starting to flicker that Zevin's work in orbit is starting to pay off, but you need to give them more time before they start noticing things are wrong and alert people. I assume they're probably starting to wonder where their swarm of arrows went as well. The droids? Yeah. At yeah. one point, Trench is like, okay, everyone do a... Trench shows up in a hologram, and he's like, what is going on here? Have you checked in? And one of the droids is like, yes, we've checked in. Did you check in on everyone? Of course, sir. We checked in on all the necromongers. Did you check in on all the droids? No, sir. Why would we do that? <laughs> because I told you to do it. Get me a, get me a living person. Necromonger walks over. Oh, hey, boss. Um, yeah, the droids are doing their thing. Did you do a head count? Yeah, all the necromongers are accounted for. Did you count the droids? I mean, it looks like there's most of them, right? I mean, how many did you give us? I don't know how to count. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And Trench just strokes the, his one uh, alive mandible, not the droid one. And just, like, gives him, like like like, a visual guide to, like, check off. And uh, yeah, they realize, oh, hey, there's a bunch of dead droids here. Do you think they belong to us? Did, did they have my symbol on them? Are they recent? Did, are they still warm? Yeah, then yes, they're yours and they're dead. Which means you have intruders. Oh, boy. Get ready for a fight. They're probably stalking you. <laughs> oh, sounds like fun. So uh, yeah, they're okay. arming up because they notice that their droids are gone. What do, you, uh, uh, what do you do? I am going to ambush the warrior swarm. Oh, Sakaris, don't you need to like look closer stuff like that to generate your uh, traps? Or? Actually, yes. Before yeah. I ambush them, I will look closely. That's a good idea. Uh -huh. All right, what are you looking closely for before you just start rolling dice to get yourself web? Um, I <laughs> thank you. Um, I am going to be looking for. Actually, ooh, that's a good idea. I'm going to be looking for anyone who stands out or looks extra strong in this swarm of fighters. There is a necromonger that is slightly bigger than the rest of them um, that has like a, a better looking gun. Okay. It's a bigger necromonger. Uh, five, that's seven. So that is a web for me. And I get to ask, what, three questions from, from the list? Yeah, you learn one the hard way. And I learn one the hard way. Okay. Um... I'm going to say, yeah, as I said, you you already answered one, which is there is one that looks stronger. And what's the other questions? Yeah, is there anything out of place? Uh, one of the battle droids is painted red and black and has kind of weird asymmetry to it. Okay, interesting. And uh, Peter, do you have any questions? Uh I guess you could tell us more about that, you know, special painted droid. How could it help us? How could it hurt us? It can hurt you uh, by having um, shrapnel and bouncing Betty mines built into its frame. Ah. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, I'm going to not attack that one then. Uh, and I learned one of those the hard way. 
Yeah, the Hardway is the the standout, the, or not the standout, but like the the, the special looking Necromonger is a true warrior, which I can only have show up with a cut to show a sign of an approaching threat, which I will now do because that's the hardest way to learn about him, as he looks more active, more aware, and more like you know with his shit together, and he immediately looks around. Looks at Trench, looks up, sees you because he thought, how would this guy kill me? And it's like he'd be on the ceiling, looks up at the ceiling, sees you're there, pulls out a gun, and immediately does a hard cut to damage you. Take damage. Okay. I will, yep, take damage. And uh, now they all know you're there. And the combat. I don't have ambush anymore, but I will drop on this swarm to try and kill the swarm. Go for it. Are you um, acting alone against the swarm? I guess I'm jumping um, with you to kill the swarm together. There it is. Yeah, there we go. So I roll with hope. Do you yes. want to roll with hope or should I? Because I got the killing stuff. Um, I got blood I... plus three. Yeah, that's fair. You can <laughs> you can roll for it. Go for it. So Shiny Peak jumps in for the side and rolls ten plus. There you go. The warrior swarm is instantly destroyed. They were necromongers. There you go. Good riddance. You you can fortify it with them. Wait, did you do it with blood? Yes, I did it with blood. Did you kill them? Well, I think uh, that's, you know, they're only with blood. That's that's blood. Is blood always death? Because sometimes people say, oh, you have to exclusively, like, make sure they're... Oh, no, it's killing. Yeah, they're dead. They died. Yep, they're they're dead. Never mind. Um, Never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm drunk. Then I'm going to keep these the other two busy while, to give uh, Shining Peak advantage. That's going to be my goal. Yeah, go for it. And I'm going to burn a stat. Oh, when the, on... when, the, when the True Warrior did damage to you, by the way, the force of the shot sent you way to the other end of the cave. Did it? Oh. Because yeah, when he damages you, they send you flying. Okay. Well... That's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna run forward, shooting because I have a, I do have a yes I do, um, but it only takes does keeping busy take ammo? Yes, I think it does. Yeah, if it, if it's ammo, it's ammo. <laughs> yeah. What a useful phrase. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so I'll be I'll be shooting at them to keep them busy, you know, trying to distract them so Shining Peak can finish them off. And oh god, that's terrible. Oh no. Um, that is that is really bad. What is it? Uh, that is a five. Yes. The true warrior shoots you we again. You have victory points. I would hasten to remind the other groups. Yeah. Hold on. No, 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 no. This is okay because the true warrior is not. We established it's hard cuts that I can't use my move against. Right. You're about but to take one. If he's just shooting at me. Yeah. This is a this is a hard cut. It is okay. Their yeah. attacks are hard cuts. So he shoots you again, yes. sends you back flying again, and the standout starts like pumping its arms and running after you. Like the droid that's a bomb. He's running at you as fast as he can. Okay. <laughs> With intent. Peter, what do you do? Well, I guess I'll jump in front of the droid with my um what's the mighty leap so I can go wherever I want. And then I'll, with my toss aside, I'll toss the standout at the true warrior to try to create the advantage, perhaps. The you st- know, just create a confusion. The standout immediately damages its I can do it stat to detonate itself, blowing up its uh, pineapple like body. Okay. 
So I'm going to make a hard cut. The hard cut I want to make is this has been taking too long. TikTok. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we take the hard cut. Yeah. Um, and uh, the droid's just kind of on the ground, like there. You know, he's there. Okay, hey, so- your warrior's still a very big threat. Do something about him. Maybe we should spin the spotlight back up to Holden. Yeah, that's fair. All right, Holden. This shield generator. This shield generator. Uh, what are you going to do to kind of build up momentum to finally take it out? Keeping in mind, you could use bonds of service to give advantage to yourself to just take something out. You got yep, two companions. I'm go- that's exactly what I'm planning on doing. I'm going to use. Uh, I'm going. Uh, how do I do that exactly? Use a companion. You just I've damage one of their stats. That's all you got to do. You just put an X next to one of their stats, like this stat is damaged, and you immediately get advantage. Okay. And the stat flavors how the advantage works. So if you did, uh, I don't remember. Does Torah have an engineer stat? Um, so many tabs. Combined stat or something. So many tabs. Yeah, yeah. Torah priest. Yeah, a tech priest. So just damage tech priest, and she'll give you advantage. Yeah, I'll uh, have Tora start hacking a hacking a direct path through the uh, ray shields. Yeah, to, she like puts a straight her... corridor to us to the power s- supply. Yeah, she takes out her scomp link and starts like focusing with her eyes closed and just starts like cracking the system with intuition and finish them. Excellent. Okay, and I'm trying to uh, take out the power supply for the ray shields by just that's right hucking a huge. Uh, piece of debris into it. Yeah, Go do it. the force. Ray shield's destroyed. You did it. That part is done. You're able to run. You, you have to start running because like things start blowing really fast and Tora's like, this is one of those situations where everything blows up and starts running. She grabs Rubar. She has grabs Rubar by the wrist and like starts running with him. He's like, oh, oh, because he's a little slow. And she just talk, quickly yells out. As I'm booking it. She quickly yells that out. This is one of those situations where everything blows up. <laughs> and you guys run back to the ship and we'll cut back to the ground crew. So you have the stand out there. All the ray shields, I'm sorry. All the ray shields go down. What do you do, strike team? Um, I want to take out this true warrior. Oh, good. So, Spend more time on him. Uh, yeah, I'm going to use one of my companions and their stat swarm to gain advantage so he's distracted okay uh while i sneak up on him and ambush him okay 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 what is you know just tell us what ambush does so we know for the rest of the uh, i have i have brutally cunning when i strike an enemy from ambush i may kill them this move does not work against threats on the world okay yep boop true warrior is gone uh you guys can move on from the ray shields so you continue on down with the ray shields out of the way you let the jedi know and we'll now go to the next round is everyone feeling this so far is this working out yep all right so uh right back up the top to zevin you get on your ship you take off you fly out of that ship as it completely blows up and starts falling out of orbit uh and when yeah when you get to the cockpit uh krell your co-pilot um you turn him around in the seat and he's like taped to the seat with his mouth taped. And he's like mm, trying to tell you it's a trap. Uh, when you hear guns uh, cocking uh, behind you and a whooshing sound. Uh-oh. 
You did set a trap, though, so you're... You're so, okay-ish? You're turning around, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I'm scrolling through the scratch pad. Sorry. It's at the boarded scene. Yep, there we go. So, there is a uh, protocol droid, like, uh, you know, the type of C-3PO is, but with those big bug eyes or whatever, uh, with a large hole in its head that has a black electrical tape x over it. Um, its armor looks like it's had various components replaced over time. It's very, very asymmetrical with, like, different bits. Uh, and it has um, Admiral Trench's tarantula personal insignia, like, like painted on his chassis. He has a large overheated blaster rifle uh, in his uh, manipulators, leveled at you, and he just hisses out with his electronic voice, kill them all, the maker recognizes his own. And beside him is someone that's in what looks like an astronaut suit, like white and gold with like a mirrored porthole um, and like gloves and collars and stuff, and they have like a bunch of technology on them, and they're holding three lightsabers in their hand. Oh, yours! Well, that's quite unfortunate. Uh, But the good news is that the force that uh, my uh, that uh, my ally is the force and a powerful ally it is. Yeah. So I'm uh, going to take this advantage of this moment when they see me as disarmed and uh, try to uh, force shove them down the hallway and into that pit trap. Okay, you can do that. Um, I'm guessing that's going to be something. I don't know what this would be. Peter, you have a suggestion. I mean, probably the traps activate as is, right? Absolutely. That sounds like a great idea. Holden, what does your pit trap do? It's literally just a floor grate that opens up and dumps them into a smuggling... uh... Uh, I meant the the mechanic of the pit trap. It has a rule. It has rules. Uh, Yes, the rule for the pit trap, uh, I will read them verbatim. They fall into a hole. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's fair. I, I thought maybe you were glossing, but it's clear that you uh, you studied the material. Okay. Uh, I copied yeah. it under my sheet. So the yeah, right. front of yourself, think. Okay. Well, uh, they do fall into a hole. Um, <laughs> Monarch, the protocol droid, activates his trap. The bombs he set up in the cockpit. Uh-oh. So an explosion goes off in the cockpit, and by the way, you guys are in low orbit flying, and it throws all of you guys forward near to where they are. Damn it, Devin, stop blowing up my ship. Eh. <laughs> Everyone take a damage, because it's a bomb. Including Krell, he takes a damage. Oof. Bastard. Let's see. Armor. Okay. Oh, and Tora and Rubar also take damage. Ooh, and you used Tora's tech priest stats, so she has no stats left, which is fine. If she takes damage further after her stats are damaged, though, you lose bonds with her. Yep. So you can actually damage them even further with uh, bonds of servitude if you want to not be their friend anymore. But yeah, uh, there is a series of like force pushing and explosions and screaming, and there's ringing in people's ears. Like you're getting up, holding your head as your vision's unblurring, and like Rudwar's like getting up, and he has shrapnel out in his stomach, and one of his ears is a little shredded. Uh, Tora's holding her head because her head's bleeding, and for just a moment, she looks like 30 years older, and you can tell she has a cyborg eye, but then she looks just normal. Uh, Krell's on the ground holding his leg because he has shrapnel in his leg, and it's just a nightmare. The cockpit is not, like, totally destroyed, but it had a bomb go off in it. <laughs> Oof. 
<laughs> That's a very large oof. Yeah. Oh, the ship takes damage because the bomb went off on the ship. Oh, shit. Uh, ship the ship book. takes a damage. Ship playbook, ship playbook, ship playbook. Wampa Stompa. This sounds like I've left you in a situation of extreme danger, right? Not no. So I believe we should then spin the spotlight and come back to you. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Well, you get your bearings. Think out your next plan. I'm more just searching for the armor to mark off on this sheet. But yes. Excellent. Nicole, are you active? Yeah. Perfect. We're now going to your piece, Ghosts from the Past. So, with your furlings and your dire furlings and your droids and your mech suit, you approach Lands Raider, the Crawling Fortress. It has chains around it that like looks like it's been chained in place that are like tied into the ground and the ceiling. There's all sorts of shrines and stuff built onto the side of it and candles that have long since gone out and burned down that are like dripping wax down the side of its hull. It is a mobile tomb of this old warlord. What do you do? Uh, how do you go inside of these things? You open it up and go inside. It has many ways in. Okay. Oh yeah, I forgot. They have like doors everywhere on these. Yeah, things. they have little. They have little like you know Jawa traps. Magnetic tubes. Uh. Is there a reason I would be expecting traps? Um, decide for yourself. It's well, a then I'm obviously going to say yes, because I know there's there's actually traps. Okay, then your character is that paranoid that they decide this thing is going to be booby-trapped. Easy peasy. Well, it is also an old... Uh, actually, yeah, that makes sense for my character. <laughs> it's a pirate ship. Of course it would be booby Literally, not too long ago, you watched a medical droid, a doctor, go to a body on the ground and flip it over, and it was under a landmine, and it blew up the doctor and the injured body, and that was a war crime, and your friend the Republican did that, so... You've calibrated your expectations. <laughs> oh boy. Old people were so war crimey back in the day. So, what do you do? Because your objective here is to get the Land Raider up and running and drive it. Send in the Wampas first. <laughs> oh no. Uh, do I have Jumper? One second. I do have Jumper. Uh, I would like to jump onto the top of the Land Raider. Sure, easy. Because uh, I figure the lands around it might be trapped or whatever, especially because they blew up this place to make it sink down here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they dropped it into a pitfall. This is a giant pitfall. Yeah. So I'll go and jump onto the top of it because I figure that's the least place, least likely place to have uh, traps or whatever. Okay. And I'll find my way in. Yep, there's a roof access. So you just go in alone. You don't bring your buddies. Like, um... I don't want to get them all killed. <laughs> They're this Okay, so you go in alone with just you and your power armor. Done. So you're in alone in the Land Raider. Perfect. Um, the Land Raider is an ancient, like, war machine. It's rusted and damaged on the inside. There's, like, sheets of ice covering things. There's a howling wind blowing through here that you didn't notice when you were outside, actually, combined with, like, the crushing and the sound of the storm above. It's very eerie. Uh, and the one thing you do notice is that even though this thing has multiple floors and decks, is that it is full 
of teeny tiny mummified teddy bears uh, bodies, like sitting in gunner seats, sitting in like tables. Some of them are just slouched over meals they were having when the fall happened. And they guess, I guess they died of stress from falling into a big pit or whiplash or hitting their heads on the ceiling and comically falling into their chairs and dying. Don't shake Um, the babies. Yeah. Don't shake their big dumb heads. Um, yeah, this place is a mummified tomb. Your, your dreadnought armor is a little big for it in some areas. Uh, so you might have to find alternative routes if you don't want to start ripping this thing apart to like go exactly where you want to go. Just let you know, heads up, you know. My entire character is my mech. I have to not not be in my mech. <laughs> then just take alternate routes. That's all I've telegraphed. All right. I, didn't told, I didn't even say you had to be out of your mech. I just said there's some areas you can't get into because it's built built for babies. Also, the mech I... does have a drill. Right? Yeah, but we're trying to make this work, not take it apart. <laughs> I will find my way to the engine room. Yes, the engine room is large and in charge. It has like its own fusion reactor that's been long since powered down. Uh, and it also looks like this was the treasure room because there's like clearly treasure stacked up in here, like plates of Beskar, artifacts, statues, uh, actual like old, old, uh, you know, old Republic currency pre-credit stuff, and like I don't know, jewels. Uh, just kind of strewn around here. There are furlings that are like hung from rafters on hooks that are mummified. Uh, and like up near like the main kind of engine compartment is like a tiny little throne with a mummified skeletal furling with a large hat wearing like a bandolier of armor with like a weapon on its lap and it's clearly died. And if, and it, its mouth is open and you can see in its little predator teeth, a lot of them are capped with like metal and durasteel. Awesome. If that, if anyone was land the pirate captain, it would be that furling body. <laughs> uh, so you want to get this generator up and running? Fix it. I will do so. Give me a jury rig. Okay. Wall plus iron. I got an eight. All right. What is the result? It's literally of impossible to get a ten plus. <laughs> sure. What do you get with uh, what does that move do on an eight though? Uh, it does what I want it to do, more or less. Um, and on a nine minus, it has a problem like defective or unstable. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, we can work with that. Uh, so yeah, as you're working on it, you're, what, what do we want to pick Unstable or defective? I would probably say defective might be a thing. Cause then that gives you like something, uh, a limitation you have to work with. Whereas unstable is like, you get one use and then it shuts down. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. So the defect is you're able to start to get the generator up and running, but now that you're looking at it, it looks like you can't bypass the fact that this thing had to be run by multiple people. Um, you need to get uh, furlings in here to start running the machinery to like spool it up and get it to run hot again. Like the engine's cold, which means a lot of the fusion material inside is solidified into like its ore components, and you have to like really work to heat it up and get it blended again. So it's like a turning furnace of uh, a turning cauldron of atomic energy. So the defect is you need to staff this uh, the, the engine room uh, and not bypass it just turning on. 
in its heyday, the engine could just be turned on and left. Now you need, you need full-time staff. Well, all right. I now, guess I'll... because you've made a move, I now get to act and throw the problem at you where I reveal my secret threat, the arrow trap, as all of a sudden you hear shaking and tinkling of metal and like the clicking of deck plates and a, a chill wind, like there's a hand on the back of your neck. And all of a sudden, a bunch of like wrenches and bolts and like discarded uh, shivs and knives fly off a nearby wall directly into you. Well, shit. You must pay a price. Let's go back up to that shoot. Didn't someone take a damage? I guess not, if no one marked it down. Nope. I just warned Ian said he took a damage. Ian um, took damage for different things, for his own mistakes. Yeah, yeah I took damage because I, I took damage. You were about to take damage to protect yourself from taking damage. Yeah, I know, Ian. <laughs> what? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what did I ever do? Coming at him hot. Uh, I'll say I'll suffer a setback. Perfect. So, um, because you pay a price, you get pushed back, and one of the catwalks you're really on gives way, and you fall, hitting one of the plates of the engineering uh, compartment, going through the floor into a darker, more secret basement of the of the Land Raider. <laughs> I trigger the pit trap move. Whenever you pay a price, I can instead damage the stat to put them in a pit. What? <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Can instead damage this stat. Now I can pit these will damage. Oh, you take a damage anyway, but now you've fallen into a pit, into a secret basement. That's all. So you, you take an actual damage? Yeah, you take a damage. And... So that's setback. So you undo the setback retroactively because of how timing works and just take a damage. I just forced you to take a damage. I'm a monster. <laughs> anyway, this sub basement has a bunch of furling bodies in it, like a bunch of like just mummified little bodies with their tiny little cloaks and like weaponry and stuff. It looks like this is where they were storing their dead or their jail. Uh, and you hear like a ghostly laughing sound um, from all around you. As like kind of, you know, your helmet hits the ground, you have to adjust it. You see kind of a vague ghostly outline of a furling that looks very much like that captain, but they're mummified, uh, talking at you. Do you listen to it? Who dis who disturbs who who disturbs the lair of land? People who would defend the furling the furlings, I guess. I don't care about them. I care about my tomb. I'm going to haunt you. I'm going to kill you. This is a no man's land. This is land's land. Get out of my tomb. Is she a ghost? Yeah, it's a ghost. You're seeing a ghost. It's a ghost. It's a ghostly well, Ewok pirate. Well, it looks like you can't really do anything about it. She just, she looks at the pit you're in. You're right. And like the little knife sticking out of your armor that didn't quite penetrate you. There's nothing you can do. You can't simply destroy my body to banish me. You'll have to find all my pieces of eight hidden throughout my raider and assemble them to exercise me and put my spirit to rest. <laughs> You'll never do it. You'll have to crawl through so many traps and so many rooms. I'm going to watch you die, long pig. I'm going to watch you die. I'm going to jump out of the pit. Okay. 
uh, and I'm going to go over to her body and throw it in a fire. Wait, really? Yeah. She said I can't just destroy her body to make her not be a ghost, but I mean, she's well, probably lying. She's a ghost. Um, when did we start taking advice from these assholes? <laughs> no word of a lie. That is literally something I coded into this. Like, I was going to make you go on a whole thing to, like, find I mean, some pieces of eight that don't exist. You just pierce the body <laughs> with a necrotic blade. I bet that will do something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to have your mech just, like, pick up the, the Ewok and, like, spin it till it falls apart into dust? <laughs> yes. You want to feed Ewok to your mech? Like, it'll pick it up and start chewing on it and, like, throw oh, it in man. its body. And then you'll never find the body again. It'll just vanish into the mech, never to be seen again. Yes. Go to the furnace. Okay. If I can keep the hat while still banishing her, that would be great. All right, so you don't do dick. You don't do anything. You don't jump out of any fucking pit. You hit a button on your belt, and Land kind of looks up. What are you doing? And then you hear, like, a roaring sound and a grinding sound, and all of a sudden the hat floats down through the hole directly into your hand, and Land's just like, no, why wouldn't you listen to me? And just vanishes. That's, uh, that's hilarious that that actually worked. We just scary terried her. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> like she told me, oh, well, you can't just destroy my body. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure that means I can, actually. <laughs> she, assumed you knew, she assumed that you knew the furling rules for how ghosts work, and that's one of the rules, and it's wrong. And she was just like, ha, 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 ha I got you. <laughs> that's an interesting theory. Let's test it. I'm very interested. <laughs> right. I'd just like to point out that Devin told the character, Nicole's character not to do something. <laughs> Obviously, it was the first thing she did. <laughs> All right, Nicole, you have definitely solved most of this set piece as, as you look down at the hat and look up where the ghost was, a different sort of ghost is there. A clone trooper without his helmet, with his hands out, being like, hey, brother. <laughs> down. Well, hello there. He has the, uh, the, uh, the symbol of uh, the Lord Marshal uh, burned into the side of his head. What, uh... And we'll cut away from this shocking <laughs> development to ba, 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 Steph. We're back to you. Okay, it's been a while, so the heavy has kind of sent his people off. It's a whole thing, uh, and you are brought to uh, to another level of this temple. The oh, your brother's there too, right? We should talk about this. So your brother, or your sibling, your sister, your sibling, terminal finances, as it calls itself. <laughs> all right which was always a bit of an odd one uh it looks like it's activated itself and ran off from wherever you keep your gross of siblings mm-hmm. and it's here with some necromongers and that is the scene we left off left off on so here here you go all right terminal finances you disgrace of an android 411 km serve it to the meats I serve myself and my own interests. Why are you here? I want your goddamn orb. It's mine and I deserve it and I want it. (laughs) I deserve it. Give it to me. It's mine. You can take it over my scrap metal. Well, I will once I have an entire army of stupid meat death cultists purge this galaxy of all life. Then I will take it off your scrap body and all the things that you waste your time on the orb with defending. That can be arranged. You are feeding yourself. Just go, mom said it's my turn with the death orb. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It wants the orb. 
That's his <laughs> only goal here, guys. It is oh, literally the rival collector threat. It is a rival to another player in the game, and it wants something they have, and it's the orb. It wants the orb. Give it the orb. <laughs> I'll stop all the terrible things I've set up if you give me that orb. I won't even make you admit that I'm better than you, which I am. Give me the orb. Aligning yourself with these death cultists will ultimately destroy you. And aligning yourself with organics will eventually destroy you. They think we're furniture. And they're bright sometimes. Why are you truly here besides my orb? I want the orb. No, that's that's why I'm here. Get the orb. Give me the orb. Give it to me. Give it to me. I want it. You can't have it, so shoo. Okay, shoo. fine. I'll just take my death cultists and I'll convince these guys to not help you and uh, well, you know, they'll watch all the organic teddy bears die. And I'll have one stuffed and I'll turn one into a couch for my ship and I'll sit on it every day and be like, yep, you could have been alive, but for one came was selfish and didn't give me the orb. That's what I'll do. That's exactly what I'll do. Well, I will convince them that you are all idiots and they need to destroy you before before I even set foot out of here. Well, if you're going to convince them that I'm an idiot, then that's pretty stupid of you, sibling, because I'm going to convince them that droids are people and can engage in hero quests. So if you convince them that I'm worthless, they'll, you'll convince them that you're worthless and they'll undo all the goodwill you've done. Oh, no. Was someone no, manufactured no. poorly? Not me. Just you. Because you're the one with the death cultists. Uh, you're the one with the teddy bears that are- Oh, you're the one with the fakes! (laughs) (laughs) And we're walking. And we're walking. The Mandalorians are ushering both groups walking to the next stage of the quest. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure we're still bickering the entire time. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, give me the orb. I deserve the orb. I am entitled to have the orb from it. You've had the orb for like a thousand generations. I should get the orb for a little bit. You know, like once all your Once all the organics are dead, you know, it's not going to matter that much because only we'll have the orb. Oh, I'll let you look at the orb. You can look at it. Maybe you can even reach out, almost touch it, but no closer. So in the back of my mind, I'm secretly worried that the orb is the thing in the briefcase from Pulp Fiction, which we all all know is Quentin Tarantino's N-word pass. Now I'm worried about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that implies some things about this droid that are uncomfortable. You're killing we just killed Holden. Yeah, stop killing Holden, Devin. <laughs> I'm doing it. We I need him. I'm using social. <laughs> we know those podcasts have killed the Exalted developer. <laughs> it's come full circle. The prophecy came true. All those stupid mods in the Exalted Discord are right. I did murder an Exalted developer. Christ. So... <laughs> They they bring you to the actual um, like religious area of the temple where they do sermons and stuff. And there's a Mandalorian there. Uh, they wear the helmet. They don't have battle armor on. They have like furs from like exotic predator animals, and like their skin that you can see visibly, except for their helmet, is like covered in tattoos that like depict uh, Nelvanian battles. Actually, like it's very similar to the stuff you see on Shining Peak or from Nature. That weird right angle like geographic tattooing. Yeah, yeah. Slugs. Right. <laughs> uh, and yeah, four one one km. You've approached our uh, our chapel. And I bow and make make all the the respectful, polite motions. Um, and I I comment on the tattoos and ask if they have anything to do with the Nilvanian culture. 
it's a symbol of my connection to the Ashla and the, the greater cosmic beings out there. It's also a homage to our great leader, Mandalore the Prophet. Fascinating. There are many other cultures in this in this sector that have similar beliefs and even similar art and tribal tattoo body tattooing. From Naboo to the Strait of Messina to Rhodia to Lasat to Lasan and Lasat, the Ashla is known throughout the galaxy as the great cosmic drift, the churn of life. Indeed, indeed. Thank you for bringing me here in front of your chapel. I wish to know how I can help you so that you can help me. We need to be reintroduced to our roots. Our chapter has strayed far too long from it, and it's causing cultural failure and drift. It's it's causing things to break down, especially with this clone war raging. Mm, so... Indeed. To understand how this hero quest works, you must understand us. What do you know of our chapter house and where we come from? Sadly, not a lot. I only know of the Mandalorians as a whole, but I do not know much about the the individual chapters. When you say Mandalorians as a whole, I'm assuming the basic language you use is like the Mandalorians of Mandalore, which he spits when you say the word Mandalore, basically, like the, the name of the planet. Okay. I'm so happy you know nothing about us because it, me- it means I get to do this. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, no. <laughs> there, were, there was a death world, a world that sought to consume all life that touched its surface. And that world was tamed and slain by a race of great warriors, the Mandalorians. They took the bones of their death world and they turned it into vessels and they took to the stars. And soon they realized that every shining light on the tapestry of the night sky was full of prey to hunt. (laughs) And hunt we did. We blanketed the sky with our mythosaurs. We dropped down pods of shining Beskar and we brought fire and ruin to the greatest beasts of the land. And then we found our destined nemesis. The greatest prey, the sorcerer cult, the Jedi. It was at that moment that Mandalore, the Mandalore the Ascended, our leader, the one who took us from our death world, said, No more shall we hunt the galaxy at large mindlessly. No more shall we kill for sport. It'll be the destruction of these people that'll mark our greatness. And so we engaged in an honorable duel of single combat with an entire society. A society of mystics and psychics and sorcerers with weapons that could cut through any material, with the ability to talk down the greatest warrior with a word, to see your secrets in your mind and twist your heart to their desires. It was the most fantastic war the galaxy had ever seen. And then, because they're cowards and traitors and losers, they decided to side up with the Republic, another democracy that existed at the time, and cement their power together. And turned this honorable duel of two components evenly matched into an actual war. So our new Mandalore, Mandalore the Conqueror, rallied our troops, rallied our societies together, and said, we're going to blanket the stars. Every star in the sky will be matched with the lights of our cannons, wiping out all who would oppose us and would break our sacred covenant to fight the Jedi. 
And he was slain by our new Mandalore, Mandalore the Prophet, for he was abducted from one of these sorcerer's creches as an infant and raised among our ways to turn their greatest weapon against us. He ascended upward among our many clans, slew Mandalore the Conqueror, and became the Prophet, our vision leader, the greatest Mandalore to ever exist. He controlled the skies. He could pull moons from orbit down on our enemies. And he gathered us together, the greatest leaders of our clans, and said, our enemies, the Jedi, are no longer fit to hunt. They are not an honorable foe anymore, for they have killed themselves in their cowardice and their weakness and their moral failings and their imperfection. They have allied themselves with a government like the Republic. And governments like the Republic eat their wounded. And one day, long after they've thrown away their battle lords, their armor, their fleets, and their indestructible armies, the Jedi will be wounded. And they will be eaten alive. And it would be dishonorable for us to kick them while they're down. So he commanded us to break apart our fleets, to stop our war, and to allow the Jedi to live in peace for as long as they had left, before eventually they'd be purged from this living, the, the Ashla itself, for all eternity. It was the honorable thing to do. So since then, our chapter house has not laid a single hand against a uh, sorcerer. Not a, not a red blade, not a green blade, not any of them. And because of that, we haven't really been able to connect with Mandalore the Prophet anymore. Without constant interaction with the sorcerers, without learning from them, without having something of theirs among us, we, we lose sight of the Prophet and the, the, the very real visions and future sight he had of their destruction. And since any day now, now that the Republic has splintered into a separatist conflict... It's clear that that time is coming, and if we don't have a way to connect to them before they're all gone, well, how will our chapter define ourselves after they've gone extinct? Do you see our problem? I do. Why not ask one of the Jedi to commune with your with uh, Mandalore the Prophet? He I'm starts sure. walking through the halls you're talking, by the way, so continue. Okay. <sighs> At this point, since they are no longer your enemy, they would probably give you aid in, in the problems that you have. Mandalore the Prophet left us texts and treatises on what to do in these situations. He even foretold this meeting. Um, he like brings up like an old text that shows like a, like a very clearly crudely drawn droid carved into Beskar plate, meeting with a scald on a world that is clearly frozen over while skulls and dead bodies and skeletons are in the clouds above taunting. And on a hill, there's a skeleton with one arm cackling as it chokes an innocent. And there's a crying skull in the background, weeping black tears. Oh boy. Uh, oh, and yeah, you're, you're, you in this scene are holding the orb over your head and it's giving out like light rays to everything. <laughs> the orb. Mandalore the prophet knew about this meeting. He knew about everything because he was a prophet. And communing with him would be valuable to me, but it wouldn't do much for our people. They need something long after I'm gone. And he was walking and he gestures to the cases in front of you. Bits of battle armor, parts of ship hull, a Jedi text written in actual paper. And paper doesn't really exist in Star Wars, so that's kind of rare. The books from The Force Awakens were the only time paper ever shows up, by the way. Um, and like that mummified lightsaber in the hand. We need something more tangible. Well, I'm sure there are some among you that are more sensitive to the, the Ashta than others. Asha? 
Ashla, I think. Ashla. That are more sensitive to the others. I travel with three Jedi, and they could teach your people how to access the Ashla and speak with the Prophet in their dreams. The Prophet forbids it. Anyone who has a connection to the Ashla needs to go out and find it on their own, on their own terms. They can't be given it to it, and especially not by Jedi. That would ruin their own journey, and it also would tie them into the destiny of the the, the eternal, uh, of the inevitable downfall they're coming to. When night falls, not, we must all be clear, because we'll be dragged down with them. Hmm. What about other, what about other sects and other mystics that do have a connection to the Ashla? It has that, to be our that, ancient nemesis. Like he gestures at the the relics in the room. It must be our nemesis, the ones that we were charged to pitifully caretake through their extinction. We need something to connect us to them. He is asking for a literal physical thing. He needs something of the Jedi, something new, something they 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 like. Not you know, it could be something they already have, but something that's that's new, so they can tell a story of how they got it and like have something physically to show the next generation. Wait, doesn't didn't Rude War have some kind of proto holocron on the ship? Yeah, he totally does. Also, they have three lightsabers. Well, until about five minutes ago. <laughs> I mean, you could buzz the Jedi on the ship. You have a calm, just buzz them. All right. Buzz Rudwar if you want. Be like, one moment. I gotta take uh, this call. Yeah, yeah, excuse me for a second. <clears throat> all right, Rudwar is like holding his stomach. He's like, ow, my ear. That's all right. This flesh doesn't matter. And what, he gets a buzz from you? Yes. All right, well, whatever Zevin and the, 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 what's happening is happening, he picks it up because he always answers his phone. This is Rudwar. Olo? Hi, Rudwar. This is 411KM. I have a huge favor to ask. Okay. I can send you reinforcements if I could have your holocron or one of your lightsabers. In the background, Zevin is just about to hit the button that, like, jettisons the smuggling hold out of the ship with those two assholes and all three of our lightsabers still in it. Rudwar, as soon as you say the hologram, he he almost yells, no! And then you go, or the lightsabers. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> do you want more than one? Uh, as many as you can give me. Yeah, okay, sure. Tora, do you want to give a lightsaber up to a stranger? Yeah, okay. Sure, done. <laughs> Great, thank you so much. The, the skull looks back because he heard that call. Really? <laughs> right. I have great powers of persuasion. <laughs> And like, like Terminal Finance is like, no, no, the orb did that. The Jedi would never give up their lightsaber unless the orb was influencing them. It's the orb. <laughs> it's no. The orb. The orb. <laughs> but you were there. <laughs> okay, well, since you. My All right, turn. Mighty Scold, I have secured several of the, the great treasures, treasured laser sword weapons of the Jedi. The skull puts up his hand. It's okay. You can call them lightsabers. Okay. Yeah, I got some lightsabers. You call them lightsabers. It's fine. All right, all right, all right. We know. All right. <laughs> it's Mandalore okay. Mandalore the Prophet had a lightsaber. We know what they are. Okay. Well, I've got them for you. All right, well, you get a victory point for solving that issue handedly by just asking your companions to give up their their, their laser swords. 
That's that's the solution. I'm serious, gang. Nice. And you complete the hero quest of the Scald's battle cry by, like, you know, committing to, like, stealing from their ancient nemesis so they don't directly do it and giving them the resources so that they can benefit and also keep with Mandalore's will that he would have definitely sawn in future vision. So, therefore, it's okay that they're allowed to do this because he didn't say you're not specifically allowed to do it. And he was future visiony. So, it's okay. <laughs> Excellent. All right, uh, so we will then cut to, I think, I guess we have to cut to the strike team? No, we have to come back to Nicole and the Lone Survivor, which will be in just a minute. She's going back to her computer. So you can come back to Seven, you can cut back to us. Yeah, we'll cut, well, we want to finish up these scenes, right? So we'll, because we're, we're doing second scenes. Okay. Uh-huh. Actually, Is yeah. everyone keeping track of how many victory points we have? Yeah, y'all should be keeping track of victory points. <laughs> I'm currently at zero, I think, in the... I think. I'm back, and Devin did just confirm that I did get a victory point for throwing the corpse into a furnace. Then you so have I, two, and uh, Kim has two, and I think I'm still on zero. I'm on zero. Did you spend? Yeah, yeah I spent one to take out that wampa. Good job. All right, we're going to cut back to you then, because you were literally on, you were, the, the call. The, the camera follows the phone call back to where you were, and because like Kim, you were hearing that combat the whole time. So yeah. Um, you guys are getting up, shell shock, Rior gets a phone call, and he's like, yeah, I'll give up my lightsaber, sure, Tor, you want to give up yours? Yeah, done. And uh, he's just, like, standing up, kind of adjusting his head, his eye stalks are all kind of, like, shaky. Ooh. Oh, that's going to hurt. And, uh, yeah, the droid is there, and, uh, the speedster is not. She's not in the pit anymore, but the droid is. He's trying to climb out. Oh, Christ, son of a bitch. Um... Organic scum, I'll purge you from this galaxy with the Lord Commander. It'll be a pure galaxy, a droid galaxy, where no one tells me what to do. Hey, Zevin, do you need an advantage? (laughs) Oh, boy, howdy, do I. Okay, I would like to spend one of my victory points to give Zevin an advantage. I mean, you just eliminate a threat. Yeah, I could could really stand to eliminate a threat here. Okay, yeah, it could either be the, the rogue, which is the uh, the damager, or it could be the speedster, which is going to keep screwing with you guys for the rest of time. The speedster. All right. Uh, okay, you know what? Well, Steph's decision. Just Steph. Just I know. Uh, 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 whatever. You, sure, yeah, the speedster. Whatever you think that is more damagey. Okay. Uh, I just so, don't like the way Devin said, screw with you for the end of time. That, that, yeah. All right. Uh, so the person in the astronaut suit, uh, like, is just in front of you, Zevin. Like, you blink and she's in front of you, and she's, like, putting something on, into your pocket, and it's a thermal detonator. And then she's on a phone call. She's like, one moment. Can you give me a moment? She, like, puts a thermal detonator away. Can you give me a moment? It's okay. It's okay. We're not fighting, right? Jedi, we're good. Peace. Time out. Oh, take your time. All right, she just goes to the back. Well, I'm just, I'm just gonna go into. She just goes into the cantina. I'm gonna take this call. You deal with, yeah. Unless not, she does I'm that, I tip the ter- the thermal detonator into the pit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she put it into her pocket. She was, she was like, you know, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'm sorry, I got this call. Uh, so you got the droid. The droid is there. He is a threat. He is going to start doing hard cut damage to you because he has an iron heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he's not. Um, because <laughs> he's in the pit, I have a, that gives me advantage, and I am going to take all of the scrap that is now sitting around here and hammer it down onto him as hard as uh, the force will let me. Take Holden, you out. missed your chance. You missed your chance to say that you had the high ground. 
I will yes. never say I have the high ground. No. no. Yes. No. It must be done. It is the way of the Jedi. It is the way. So, because and only because Holden has the high ground, uh, Zephyr has the high ground, you have advantage. as is a classically established automatic advantage. You may finish them at your leisure. Oh, good. A 13. Okay, so what do you want to happen to this droid? Well, I did roll with blood, so... Okay, it dies. Goodbye, Monarch. He dies instantly. Uh, no takebacks. <laughs> <laughs> Bye! Alright, um, so the person in the astronaut suit comes out, and uh, she's like, Oh, you, you killed him, eh? We would appreciate our lightsabers back. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, sure, sure, sure. Uh, she just, you know, cans you the three of them back. Uh, I got a call. I got to go. That was my dad. He wants me back. So I got to I got to run back to uh, back to vision. See y'all on the battlefield. I'm in space now. Can I use an escape pod or can you like land and let me out? It will be a bit. So is that a yes to the escape pod? Because I know those are expensive. We'll be a bit. We'll we'll land. And this is You'll land. Over. We're gonna land. All right. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go into the canteen then. All right. See y'all later. And she just walks off. <laughs> I hate this planet. Goes oh. and hangs out in the kitchen. <laughs> and back to the <laughs> cockpit. She's just sitting down directly beside Krell, who's like holding his leg, going ah ah. And she's like, "Don't be a baby." And she's like pulling the metal out and like putting like some gel in there. Oh my god. It was just a little bomb. Come on. <laughs> And uh, yeah, you successfully disable Mara Jade as a threat. That's her given Christian name because it's a Star Wars name. And I'm like, someone's like, oh, you have to make it a Star Wars name. I'm like, Mara Jade's a Star Wars name and I'm never going to use her the way the comics or the books ever used her. So she is a Mandalorian with advanced armor that lets her stop time briefly. And that's how she's a speedster. Well, what the fuck? What? Well, that, how? She, she fucking found some old uh, standard technical schematics, whatever Warhammer 40k calls them, and like an ancient Mandalorian tomb and like retrofitted them and engineered them so that she could stop time briefly in her suit. Man, I gotta beat her up and uh, backwards engineer that shit. I mean, not no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you get a victory point. You dealt with the borders. Sweet. Just time for you to go back to the cockpit and like to handle the damage to the cockpit and like, you know, put something together uh like like Tora's already there under the the table like putting putting stuff in and trying to like put stuff back in its place she's like oh this is not going to be great (laughs) and then you hear it mournful loud haunting hungry some sort of song echoing from the outside of your deck playing as a shadow flies over the window of your ship as the necromongers have let loose their pet angel so we'll just spin it back to Nicole uh, in the Ghost from the Past scenario. Are you there, Nicole? Yes, I am. Okay, so the clone's there. He has his arms out, and he's approaching you. And you're when like, you say arms out, do you mean like T-pose or like offering me his hand? Uh, more like, whoa, whoa, don't attack me, Velociraptor, arms out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, T-posing so he's to a certain dominance. Yeah, I know, right? Right? Like, that is that is actually a certain type of tea person, to be fair. 
Well, okay, sorry. I, I don't remember the last thing he said because we cut. <laughs> um, he's basically, he has the Lord Marshal symbol on him and he's like, he was basically like, hello there. Or you were like, hello there. Everyone said hello there. Yes. Well, brother, I did not expect to find one of us on the genocide side of this conflict. Listen, brother, look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Do you think I'd be doing this if I didn't have a good reason? That's why I'm not shooting you. I'm willing to figure it out. I don't want to, you know, I'm not uh, one of, I don't remember the name of the guy. Pong Krell? Yeah, I'm not one of Pong Krell's clones or anything. I mean, I don't want to slay a brother. Well, I am. What did oh, they tell shit. you about that? Uh, I know he's ruthless. Uh, I know he pit two teams of uh, clones against each other. Uh, the, the the details are really fuzzy. You know, we're not really supposed to talk about that kind of shit. It's kind of scrap, I guess. Krell was following the Jedi Council's orders. They were experimenting with tactics to thin our numbers out and see how effective we were. Why would they want to thin our numbers out? They're the ones that paid for us. Right? How long ago did they pay for us? I've always been a little fuzzy on those details, but... We appeared, you know, we, it was at least 10 years before the war even broke out, right? Because we're physically, that's how old we were before we were conscripted, right? Yeah. So how would they know to, to pay for us ahead of time? Right? Well, wasn't it like a... Devin, I don't know what people know or not. It's like a, a senator did it. Like a senator in the Republic, some bureaucrat did it is what they say. Okay. Well, like, it wasn't... The Jedi that originally funded it, it was some. It was one of the senators on the seat, right? Is that what you believe? Is that what they tell you? Because that's what they told me, and I believed it. But that doesn't make sense. The Republic's never had a standing military ever since since the, the High Republic, when they disarmed, when the Jedi joined them. Why would they, all of a sudden, after a thousand generations, only make an army ten years before the one big war they'd have, where they'd split, have, have a splinter faction? And the war is against disposable robots. Yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't make sense anyways, because the droids would have also had to have been manufactured beforehand. So, right, right. I don't know if it's... Like, oh. he's, he's saying that to you. He's like, come on, come on, come on, follow me here. Look, look, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to this. What does this sound like? This sounds like a conspiracy, right? I bet the Jedi tell you all sorts of things, right? The Jedi probably tell you that you and them are the same. You know, you're outsiders in the Republic, right? You're special. You stand out. You don't quite belong in there, right? Mm, I don't know about all that. Jedi are kind of more top dogs in the Republic, and we're more... But they're outsiders. The top dogs. dog stands apart from the crowd. Yeah. That's not Help me out of here. I'm going to lift up my hand to him. Oh, no, he's in the pit with you. He came down into the pit? Yeah, he emerged from a dark corridor. Okay, I didn't realize the corridor was in the pit. <laughs> yeah, he's here talking to you in the pit among the dead ghost uh, Ewoks. I thought he was above the pit talking to me. No. Okay. Like he's, he's talking to you on equal ground. He's trying to convince you of the impossible. He's like, look, the Jedi like to pretend that they're apart from the Republic and that they have their own function in it, but they're not apart from the Republic. They're more... They control parts of the Republic. They ordered the clone troopers to be made. Who runs the Separatists? Who's the leader of the Separatist Senate? Uh, Dooku. And Count who Dooku. was he? Who was he before he was a Count? Um... He was a senator on the Republic side, right? No, he was a Jedi Master. That's publicly known. Shoot, I forgot about that. I actually forgot <laughs> that he was publicly known as a Jedi. Yeah, he was Jedi Master Count Dooku. He was on the Jedi Council. Really? 
don't yeah. think I realized he was on the council, but yeah, okay. Yeah. He he was trained by Yoda. I knew that, that any knew. of this shit is in the movies. <laughs> like, like out of character, I, I know Yeah. All of this, so it's also a little bit difficult to be like in okay, the what? second movie, Clone Wars, Dooku says my old master is here to fight me because Yoda's his master. Yeah. He even does the whole I'm the master now before I was the, the learner. He does the thing. So Count Dooku, a Jedi on the Jedi Council, a council of powerful future seers, left 10 years before a war started to found his own side of the war, and then coincidentally, we were all made at the exact same goddamn time. Come on, these are all facts out there. These just exist. This is just on the on the holonet. It does seem a little bit coincidental, but I mean, I know Jedi, they're not... I knew Jedi. My general was Pong Krell. Yeah, you got a bad one. That's that's really sad. I'm I'm. I mean, I don't want to talk bad about a Jedi, but he's he shouldn't be one. <laughs> what about what about Master Dooku? What about Master Dooku? Trained by Yoda, the greatest Jedi that's ever existed, that everyone knows about. Does does Yoda make mistakes? Trooper, are you telling me Jedi Ma- General Yoda makes mistakes? I, I mean, he must. If his Padawan went rogue. So is he fit to lead us then? Mm-hmm. If he created the, if his own actions created the very threat we were made to fight, is he fit to lead? Or like, is Jedi is General Jedi Master Yoda incompetent or malicious? I can't see him being malicious. He's. He's really wise, though, and he does have good future vision, so... And he didn't see this coming? Well, emotions can cloud their vision, right? Do Jedi have emotions and like that? They're not supposed to, but they do. We all know they do. They care. Well, yours didn't, and I'm sorry, but most oh, Jedi... No, 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 brother, no. Krell cared. He cared. He was emotionally invested in what happened. He was invested. I know. I meant he didn't care about us. No, he cared about us. Just not in the way you're trying to put forward. He made he made clone kill clone, brother. He did it for fun. How do you go that far off the baseline from just this war? Devin, I have a question. Yeah? Did anything ever happen to Krell? I don't i think he might have been killed okay. i think i don't remember but i guess we should just say he was killed okay. the clones killed him the clones had to execute him okay. look look the lord marshal isn't everything that he's been made out to be all right he's our doctor he's seen what I've seen. He knows what I know. He figured it out on his own. And so have other people. Admiral Trench figured it out. He talks about it all the time. The enemy figured it out. This war doesn't make sense. Something's happening. The Jedi weren't put in charge of us to lead us. They were put in charge of us to keep an eye on our combat effectiveness. Because the Old Republic hasn't had a standing army in a thousand generations. And they're not going to need one after this war is over. What do you think is going to happen to us? Who do you think is going to decommission us? Do you think the Senate's going to allow a f- couple hundred million new mouths to be fed to eat up tax money? You've seen the senatorial arguments over taxation of trade routes. They're not going to do that for us. Why do you think every division gets a, gets a few Jedi in charge of them? 
brother, you went through something terrible and a bad person hurt you and people you cared about. But that doesn't mean that they're all bad. It doesn't mean that they all would be willing to kill us. I've uncovered a conspiracy to assassinate the Supreme Chancellor. Being done by the Jedi. I found it in Separatist archives. Do you have evidence of that? I do. I would be very interested in that. Come with me to the Lord Marshal's vessel. I don't think that would be very wise. Why don't you come with me back to my ship? Are there Jedi there? And we can continue our discussion there. We can't talk with this among the Jedi. We don't have to talk in front of them about it. No. No, it's too soon. This is too soon. I came to you too soon. You have to see more of it. You need to ask them if Jedi Master Duke, who's ever been in this system, ask them what he was looking for. Mm, don't I know the Duke who's been in this you system? You do know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll sort of say that. Duke has been in this system. He came here... Before uh, the Clone War? Yeah, ages ago with um, Master... He came here with Rudwar, right? Yeah, right, Devin? and Tor. He came here with he Master... He came with Master Rudwar, and uh, they found Rudwar's apprentice, Torapano. Uh-huh. That's not what they came here for, though. They came here for other things. You should ask them what they came here for. Too soon. He starts backing off. It's too soon. You're not ready. You're not ready. Good soldier follows orders. Good soldier follows orders. Good soldier just, follows orders. He just starts backing away into the into the darkness. Okay, I'm I'm gonna let him go. I'm gonna let him go. I don't really believe in anything he's saying, but he is. You know, there is some weird shit. But, Red but Lord, you know, to investigate further. Yeah, it, it's mostly his I'm trauma. Let, I'm thinking. I'm gonna let you form a bond with him, but the bond is stated that he's 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 knifed in a little bit of doubt. Okay. And that actually is fine because it fits in well with the um, the thing uh, that I got with the weapon. Yeah, the agenda. yeah, yeah. He's poisoned your mind. Yeah. Oh no, it's Majestic um, all over again. What's his name? Longshot. It's so sad that this is like 20 times better than like the, fall, the corruption and fall of fucking Anakin Skywalker into Darth Vader. <laughs> Oh my god, I know. I mean, the, these pieces all exist in Star Wars, just no one's strung them together yet. I don't know why. Like, well, and, why we've, and our campaign is like 80% shit posts just glued to one another. <laughs> and we're doing right? a better job than George Lucas. By a mile. Oh my one god. of the characters in this is called Razmataz. <laughs> and so not I, out a long shot in Razmataz and he had with fucking... Yeah, uh, uh, and don't forget, Bubbles the Wampa. Oh, Bubbles the Wampa, of course. Bubbles and the Orb. Who can and forget the, the orb. orb and Bubbles the Wampa. Yeah. Killer Croc, Killer Moth, him having an ex-wife. It's all there. Mike and Bob. <laughs> Alright, so you have completed the Ghost from the Past and got a victory point, so you have two victory points now. Uh, as Longshot retreats back to, to rejoin his, uh, his doctor... Um, which means you have a montage with the, the furlongs that goes over real quick while you get everything up and running and get the land raider going. And the very last scene before we swing away is it cuts to like the ice shelf under the storm. And all of a sudden you hear a rumbling and it explodes. It's on a diagonal. The land raider drives up, catches some air, slams onto its shocks, shakes off a bunch of corpses and debris and like crust and starts driving at max speed towards the necromonger horde. 
so with that wrapped up and the boarded wrapped up, it's time for us to come back to the strike team. Uh, before we Ooh. do that, I would like to uh, use one of my victory points to strike off uh, terrible weather. Yes, that's probably for the best. Because that mm. thing throws hard cuts and he's going to be looking for hard cuts now. Yup. That's true. Good call, good call. All right. Played. Terrible weather is gone, so we just have nature's wrath and bad weather, so I can throw soft cuts at you. Perfect. Can I use my victory points, or should I save them? Up to you. What, do, what does everyone think? Should I get rid of these, like, nature's wrath and stuff? Uh, nature's wrath would be good to be rid of, and we'd still have, like... Uh, you'd yeah. still have one... You'd still both have one in your pocket. Yeah. So yeah. we have two... If you get rid of nature's wrath, then we still have two victory points in the pocket. That's right. a good idea. Just in okay. case. I'll do that then. Okay. <laughs> Someone else was doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, you know, I'm just start deleting. I don't want to... Damn it, I'm reading this sheet because I want to show it to people to show what like a planned out session looks like, but we're it's too far gone. I mean, I can't save it. It's cool. Okay. She's gonna always check back the version. Oh yeah, yeah. I can undo command, right? No, no. I, yeah. I can go into a previous revision from hours earlier and just copy paste that into a new Google Doc and be like, "Look, creator of fellowship, here's what we did for a session. Does this look sane?" And they'll be like, "This is a nightmare. Why are you doing this to my game? Why?" I plain pretend. It's just a four. You threw four members of the organization at once. You madman. Right. Oh shit. Okay, so let's move down to the strike team. All right, strike team, you continue past the ray shields, you dig down deep, you move past a bunch of obstacles, there's more ship parts that start showing up, more what looks like um, chasms that have been cut in the ice that you kind of cross-section with, and now you're getting a picture of this. This ship is frozen in time in its own explosion from coming out of hyperspace. Like, thinking back to Handsome L's uh, house, it's an escape pod, and the reason it has a tunnel trailing behind it is because that's actually the path the escape pod took when it, like, ejected out of the freezing ice from the ship. Like, the parts you're going through are basically frozen mid-air from when the crash happened, from just the weirdness of hyperspace and phasing and, like, the, the fury of the destruction and the coldness of Hoth. Okay. But as you cut on through, and this is the problem I'm going to pose to you, you run into like 60 to 70 armored soldiers. Like you cut across a wrong shaft into a big open area that could have been like a barracks or maybe a canteen mixed together. It looks like it used this used to be like a living space and it's been partially um, excavated. And inside is like 60 to 70 Mandalorians. But they don't look oh like... The profit ones. These ones, their armor is pitted and damaged. There's a lot of like hand prints stenciled onto them. Um, their technology looks like it's been scavenged. It has like animal bones and like chitin and shells of great predators kind of attached to it. Um, their helmets all have a uh, sort of death mask painted over top of it. And yeah, they all turn in unison when you guys kind of uh, crash on into the scene. Okay. And like, yeah, well, a leader from each squad, because there's two squads of them, kind of puts up their hand and points at you guys. I'll, I'll, I, I guess they've seen us now, so I'll just, hello. This area is uh, off limits. I'm going to have to ask you guys to leave peacefully. 
course, of course. We just need to leave through that door, and I'll point at the opposite and end. They shake their heads. No, 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 no. This area is the ship. This salvage area is off limits. You got to go back the way you came. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to happen either, so why don't we come to a compromise? Look, we've been gifted some very important things to be here. So we need you to go. You're not supposed to be here. You can't be here. Just kind of looking at Shining Peak, seeing what they're doing. Well, if you're a gifted thing, that means you are already paid, so that means you don't need to be here. You don't need to be here either. There's nothing of here that's of value to you. This is not a place of honor. <laughs> well, I guess it's not then. I guess I'll jump just straight past them into the opening we need to go through. You definitely won't do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, all right. When you're going to jump away, uh, there's a Mandalorian behind you that tases you. Oof. So I'm going to say that he paralyzed one of your arms. Like, just, you've been tasing an arm and it's numbed. Like like how, uh, I was going to say Rudwar, but I meant Jar Jar's tongue. (laughs) Okay. Not the same. (laughs) The open shadows are untraceable. Uh, and right where you need them. So they can hide or tail the Fellowship and can only be spotted or found by the Elf or the Orc. Are you the Elf or the Orc? No. So one of them walked up right behind you and tased you. Mm. All right, don't make us kill you. Come on. Don't make us kill you. Okay. Now, you say you've been paid, but what if you got paid more to just let us through? Like, I'm not saying you need to let everybody through, but just us Look, our contact was very clear about what we're supposed to be doing here. And we're doing it here. All right? This is important to us. And we really don't want to kill someone we don't have to kill. But we'll do it. We do kill. Perfectly. I I know. I have great respect for your professional killing abilities. Um, I happen to be good friends with one... One, as in one person, not one as in the number one. 411k. Because I know that could be confusing if I said 1411k. We all, know, probably... we all know about the orb droid. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's the droid that found the orb, and everyone in the background mutters the orb. <laughs> exactly. The giant orb. There you go. So, clearly, you know 411k is a friend of ours and has oodles of money to, you know, spend frivolously. <laughs> And let us through sort of thing, right? Okay. Continue. So I'm just saying, if you look the other way while we walk past here, it could work out financially beneficial for you. Nothing we... You cannot offer us anything material beyond what we've been gifted because it means the most to us. And you definitely cannot kill us in a way that matters. What were you gifted? If we do this one thing, we will be given a sarcophagus. And in that sarcophagus, it contains our entire future. Wait, 
does he mean? Do they mean the a sarcophagus like the one that the Republican? Like no, the... he means the word sarcophagus, which means box you put bones into. That's fair. That's, I just know that the uh, Republican was in like some kind of. He's in a cryo chamber. Ah, uh, potato, potato. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure we could get you a nicer sarcophagus. Oh my god. Just he just shakes his head. You're not getting it, man. You can't buy us. <sighs> Look at Shining Peak. Uh, how injured are you? Pete, are you there? Oh, Peter's gone mute. God damn it, Peter! You've muted your mic, Peter. I don't. I don't know if he's still there. Could someone ping Pete? Oh no. Peter. Ah, uh, oh, you're back. Where were you, buddy? Well, I did message in the chat that it was okay. So no one saw that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. I, I, oh, I haven't even seen that. We have like four different chats going on. You <laughs> can't... Right. What's going on? <laughs> um you got tased, I think, last I heard. So I'm just looking you over. These guys aren't willing to negotiate. They are willing so to I'm negotiate. You're just not offering anything they want. Well, I don't know what they want. I asked them what they wanted. They, they said I don't this. have it. Well, we could always try, you know, calling our, you know, leader here, Kim, and you know, maybe she'll use her victory point to, you know, make them stand down or something. I got an AFK for a second. Sure. Okay. All right. Do we, um, we want to rope Kim into this? Yeah, yeah, I think I'll call Kim. All Kim, right, you get a call. Hello. How are you doing? Hello, Sicarius. How can I help you? Um, We have some Mandalorians here. And, you know, I'm not that great at negotiating, but I know you are. And they need some convincing to just let us keep walking. Well... In the plan for myself for my future, one of the reasons why I was negotiating with the Mandalorians here is so that I could send some of them to negotiate with those Mandalorians. Because they won't listen to you, they won't listen to me, but they might listen to them. What, those are different Mandalorians? Aren't they all the same? They all kind of look at you. (laughs) <laughs> like all, of them, all of their metal helmet, bucket helmets turn to look at you when you say that. <laughs> oh, they're all bucket helmets. Don't Shining Peak. Uh, maybe. Also, tell That's... tell Shining Peak to shut her mouth. <laughs> Yikes! Shy people remember that. <laughs> oh no, bond broken. <laughs> I mean, my bond with Kim is that you know she's the perfect size to be tossed around. <laughs> oh no. PvP has begun. <laughs> All right. uh, the Scald is there, and so is the, the Heavy, because, you know, they're hanging out before you go talk to the chapter librarian, but, like, they're kind of, like, perking ask- up their helmets, looking at you, like, what's uh, what's up, buddy? I, I ask him, I ask the Curious to ask them what chapter they are. What chapter are you? Oh, we're the Devin wrote this down chapter. Let me just, let me just <laughs> scroll up, Devin. Come on, dumb asshole. Where are we? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, we and he like puts a you know a fist onto his beskar. Are the are the Garmon Boza addicts? Really? Seriously? Yeah. Oh God. 
Now, oh, for reference, yeah. the word garmonbosia <laughs> means food derived from pain and sorrow. So someone addicted to pain and sorrow could mean many things. Oh, I have just the thing for you guys. Oh, Lord. Is it our sarcophagus have... that we want? <laughs> no, but you, you enjoy bad food. I have spider-only food. <laughs> okay, Ian, unless you're giving them fried, like, breaded veal steaks, which is actually what Gorman Bozy would be, pain and so sorrow. Nicole brought that up. <laughs> Just saying, they like bad food. I got spider food. Uh, but you get that name, Kim. Um, I I t I asked the scald if if uh, they've they ever heard. They all roll their eyes. It's like, oh no, like from their helmet. <laughs> uh, what do you know about them? What I can tell, what I know, what I can tell you is this. Among the Mandalorian, among the Mandalorian chapter houses and clans, there are the great. There are the eternal, and there are the failures. And the addicts fall into the latter. Mm. They were a chapter that was crushed during the uh, the war with the High Republic because they did not turn uh, turn away from Mandalore the Prophet's words and were stricken from all of our trees and uh, all of our like clan trees and all of our accords. I see. Do you know and what this sarcophagus they're trying to re recover? I can guess what it is. It's probably the bones of their Mandalore, Mandalore the Conqueror, the one that the Prophet slew. Mm, that would make sense. Yeah. They and a few others decided that Mandalore the Prophet was a false prophet because he was a sorcerer that had implanted himself in our tradition and turned us against uh, our ways and made us stand down with a foolish lie about future visions. And because they decided to turn against the Ashland, the Great Galactic Drift, since then, every single tragedy that could ever befall them have befallen them. They're addicted to their own failure and suffering. I'm not on open, by the way. You don't have that call open, right? Because that's going to make a negotiation with them real hard. I'm being no, very, no. very... Oh my god, imagine! I, no. I put Ian on mute. Okay, you didn't put me on speakerphone with them, right? No, no, no. <laughs> They're desperate, and in their desperation, they are stupid and easily manipulated. So whoever is manipulating them is, is playing into that. But they aren't someone that can be negotiated with. There's a few things they could take. There's a few <laughs> things we could engage them with for the right price. Oh, such as? What do you got for us? What do you want? I, I, we want for nothing at this point. So what do you got for us to make us deal with these losers? <laughs> it doesn't have to be something that happens right now. You could just, you know what? Snaps his fingers, looks to the looks to the, the the heavy. How about a favor? All right, I will gladly owe you a favor. We'll do it for a favor. All right. Okay. Uh, get, 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 get that guy back on the line. Yeah. Get... Hey, Sicarius. Yeah. Uh, put me on speakerphone. <laughs> all right uh the the scald starts talking to them in mandalorian at each other back and forth there's yelling one of them shoots a gun into the ceiling back and forth back and forth he cuts back to you all right i've convinced them it's taken care of i am extremely grateful and and the favor is owed with eternal gratitude anytime you need me he nods and uh he nods to a mandalorian that walks forward and that mandalorian gets on his knees uh before him and they hug 
And he just puts his hand on his shoulder. It's like, you've been a good son. And that Mandalorian cuts his own throat. Oh, my God. Jesus. Whoa. What? Okay. He's just like, we need to harvest the gene seed for them. Gene seed? I see. What the fuck did I miss? You missed a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So much. I, I don't know where to begin. We'll have to catch you up. Uh... Maybe, maybe, maybe we could pause to catch uh, hold up if you want to break the if you want to do that. I mean, we're not all. It's getting a little bit late. So. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to eliminate the dealing with the Gorman Bosia addicts. Uh, you dealt with them. Now that they know they're going to be delivered a fresh source of gene seed, they will gladly leave. Okay. See, what they wanted was the Lord Marshal promised to go to Korriban, go to Korriban, where Mandalor the Conqueror's body was exiled. Give them his body, and then they'd use his bo- his remains to clone a new generation of their clan that would come from their original Mandalore and be stronger and better than them. You know, right. Primaris uh, Mandalorians. Right. Oh, God damn it. But what they dealt with with the Prophets, the Prophets offered to offer up one of their own and their gene seed to them so they could use that to extrapolate a whole new generation that way, but without having to murder another Mandalorian for it, which they just don't do. They don't like murdering each other. It's wrong. So, yeah, you got the Scald to offer up one of his son's lives uh, to solve this problem. Hope it was worth it. Bye. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, I owe them a real big favor then. Yeah, you fucking do. How <laughs> about the one child's worth? Yeah, uh, the Mandalorians leave. They just leave. Like, okay. they, know what ha- they know what happened, and they all have, like, they don't wear their helmets all the time, these ones. Like, these ones aren't Death Watch, because Death Watch is our fanatics, as the Prophets just proved. But they know what happened, and, like, I think you might have heard it, or whatever, and they just, like, take, some of have their helmets off, and they just, like, make the sign of the cross, essentially, and leave. Yeah. Because they is- would have not made that trade if the situation was reversed. <laughs> they yeah. are not fanatics. Mm. Oh, boy. I, uh, I owe you one there, four one one k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. <laughs> yeah, some Mandalorians and, are, are some Mandalorians are reverently wrapping up the body inside the armor because they're going to gift the armor as well. It's just how this goes, and are like getting it loaded into like a like a burial tomb to like bring to them. Okay. Okay then. So we cut back to the to the uh, the dog fight. A creature has been released from the Lord Marshal's capital ship, the, the Empty Manger. It is symmetrical across three planes. It is long and tubular. It looks like some sort of large chitinous pitcher plant from the depths of space. It has eyes ringing its body in like weird fractal patterns. It has fins and wings and tentacles and teeth and a maw that splits three ways open. And its body can also cloak itself because it's like an octopus in space and a jellyfish. And it, with a bunch of uh, drone ships that are flying around it, like vulture drones and like uh, droid-controlled ships, are attacking you because they've realized what you're doing. Well. Uh, that seems to demand a vigorous response, doesn't it? Yes. All right. Well, first of all... Um... It seems like a very bad idea to f- continue to fight this thing in the middle of our raging superstorm, uh, even though that seems to be dying down outside. Oh, it's driving itself into that storm to hide from you like a whale, basically. Like, it's getting ready to try and strike you from wherever it is. Mm, let's not let it do that. <laughs> so uh, I'm using up a usage of afterburners. 
to hard downshift us back down into the crater and basically drift the ship. Uh, 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 we're, we're fluttering uh, our repulsors uh, and... Uh, Skimming the ground? Yeah, engines. We're basically Tokyo drifting across the bottom of that crater and all the, and all the flaming wreckage there from our last pass. As we glass. All as we open everything that still works up into the swarm of approaching uh, vulture dro- uh, droids and uh, necromonger um, attack ships. All right, to get advantage, you're going to have to burn a companion stat uh, just so someone's helping you out with this incredibly deadly maneuver. Wait, did you use afterburners? Yep. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. I, you just said you did. <laughs> God almighty. So, yeah, a use of afterburners to move away to most of Yeah, that's advantage. That's advantage right there. You have advantage. I'm drunk. Finish him. Really? Let me uh, burn uh, some ammo. Alrighty. Which I believe I still have piercing and ranged. Oh, yeah, for the whole scene. Okay. I wasn't sure if this counted as a new scene or not. Okay, I came in close to uh, finish him. Fourteen. Uh, yeah, destroyed instantly. <laughs> you use ship weapons on it; it dies. Make sure the Maracamo. Yeah. Uh, it's on a list of things that aren't alive anymore because it doesn't have one of those stats that lets you not instantly kill it. So you damage all three of its stats and then its other two stats. So bye. Um, can I? You said it was like hiding up in the storm, so I figured I only had the swarm of arrows and the war leader to target. Well, you're far less generous than I was because I assumed a big, crazy maneuver and a lot of like huge explosions going everywhere in every direction would kill it. <laughs> I just thought you were aiming at like you were just unloading your 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 ammo lines on everything with those crazy like shit maneuvers and after. I mean, we're Jedi, you know, we don't right? see the target, but <clears throat> yeah, its dead body, like it's clearly been killed, spirals out of the storm and smashes into a nearby bunker from those Prophet Mandalorians. This will come up in the next game in season one. <laughs> You're welcome. You earn your victory point. Our ship is cra- is, is like stupid good, guys. It's this thing is crazy. Yeah, it's it's real good. What was the damage you did to it when it took damage? Did you do cannons uh, and your armor? Damn Almighty! Damn you, God! It's okay. awful. Well, well, as you're now taking control of the skies, uh, we will cut to assaulting the Necromongers on a land ship as the rest of the horde starts filing out of that crater. As you drive uh, Dreadnought, lands Raider, the crawling fortress, uh, at max speed through the wall of the crater, uh, smash down into the crater, like driving it down like this is a goddamn skate park on, tr- park on treads, which you actually miss the ship. The ship and you almost near miss each other as you see that happen uh, as they start driving around harassing the, uh, the Necromongers on the ground. So in the assault, the necromongers on a land ship, that is the two threats you got to deal with, horde troopers and horde elite. I'm going to start deleting stuff to uh, to condense this shit. Oh, I was trying to read where I am, but now everything keeps moving. Well, I'm just, I'm just updating it for you. There we go. And they're on foot? Yeah. No flyers left. The skies have been uh, cleared. Hmm. I'm going to throw weather soft cuts at both of you, by the way. Weather is now coming into play. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Weather has come into play. Like, okay. There's soft cuts coming your way for the storm. 
Okay. Um, oh, so considering they probably weren't expecting a fucking land raider, which most people only associate with the desert planets, <laughs> busting out of the side of a crater, uh, can I use that as advantage because I'm surprising them? No. No. <laughs> you have to spend something tangible. Use your companions. Hmm. I mean, don't you have like a group of wampas you can spend their stat on? I don't know their stats. Just spend. Uh, it's the the, the apple bear stat plus uh, group. So just spend a stat. <laughs> like they have a blood fury stat. Spend that. All right. And there's enough of them that they could challenge the horde. So that can give you advantage. So the land raider stops among the troops and like it's heavily armored and like people are shooting from the top and like uh, furlings are, are coming out on guns, firing at people. And then the back opens up and drops down on, on a slam and wampas pour on out to start fighting people and start pulling arms out of sockets. <laughs> so there's your advantage. Excellent. You're going to jump out in your dreadnought, I'm assuming, with your wampas and it's time. It's time, time to finish to them all. Does anyone want to get rid of the Horde Elite with their checkpoints? I do. Do you have one left? Um, actually, I might not want to because there's lava coming for someone else soon, and I want to save my victory point to save them from lava, I think, right? I believe so, yeah. We're going right. to probably need to throw victory points like crazy at that last scene. It's going to be... Well, it's already midnight, so I think after the question game, we'll, we'll end for the night, and then we'll just pick this up tomorrow. Okay. Because we're already three good. hours into a session, which is like, haha, remember 45-minute sessions? Womp womp. Right. Uh, I recommend someone, though, throw, throw something at the elites, because the elites are going to really drag out these resources. Oh, but hey, that's good for me. That means I can just fucking give it to you. You know what? Don't do that. <laughs> I think it's normal. Freaking scratch pad. Uh... Oh. Oh, screw it. Um... I mean, they're breaching the edge of the uh, the crater area, right? Yeah. Oh, how about I just flash the ship over and does the the repulsor lift vents scream by overhead, just wash a wave of burning debris down over the elites. Oh, you can also just use your ship because you're here now. Like, you two have joined up. Oh, shit. That's true. Like, the land ship and the starship are in the same proximity. They're in the same location. You're you're here. Oh yeah, I could just bombard them with uh with fire from above. Just the guns. <laughs> so this whole necromonger army just like charges out and just turbo lasers. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. And Nicole, do you want to finish them on the horde uh troops? Yeah. Do it. You have dangerous on your mech. Hell yeah I do. And that that means it's area and it's also just a nightmare. <laughs> so yeah, both of you guys finished them. I got a seven. That does a damage, which is the only health they have. <laughs> uh, I got a nine. Oh, no, that's spend more ammo. That oh, you're gonna spend crew? You mean uh, ammo? Ammo lets you go up. Oh, that's right. I can just uh, spend one crew and uh, kick it up to a ten, can't I? Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Already. Okay. So yeah, so... I'm going to uh, jump down into the center of the group or whatever, and 
use uh, your shockwave will probably knock them down and i'm going to be using my drill and my necrotic thing i don't know what it looks like yet. it's the claws on the mech the mech's hands are necrotic they start spinning at high speed and you just blender through these people yeah i'm gonna start like doing that at people going yes. like through three people at once kind of thing yeah you spin the up there <laughs> yeah so you helicopter blade you orbital bombard and because you're both doing dangerous on the area you're gonna cross over to each other's groups that you're damaging so that'll just clear up the dot the assault the assault's done excellent it's it's over but you didn't do anything about the soft cuts for the storm, so those now matriculate into mm -hmm. hard cuts. Oh, I didn't realize how soft cuts work. Yeah, I telegraph, and if you don't do anything, they become hard and happen. So they become hard and happen as, like, uh, storms are going to strike lightning on the ship, so the ship takes damage. Oh, I, I didn't realize I was... I was uh, oh, yeah, also... both of you I threw weather cuts at, because you're both in the middle of the weather. Oh, well, shit, I'll just... Uh... Mm, well, I do have another use. Uh, I did not realize. Well, I do have another use of afterburners I could use. Just fly out of the way of the lightning? Because lightning starts coming down. Yeah, or just strafe bet between the higher pizza, uh, uh, takes uh, spires of wreckage and let that draw off the, uh, the lightning away from me. And the soft cut from the bad weather I'll turn into a hard cut is this has taken far too long. Tick-tock, you're at two out of four. Okay. And now we will move from uh, you clearing out basically everything except the good neighbors to the very last part of the session tonight. 411KM. Oh, boy. You were brought in the middle of town square among everyone uh, to see a Mandalorian that is covered in armor that looks a little bit esoteric. Like, there are uh, Bismuth-style, like, like right-angled geo pockets in her armor. Uh, and she clearly has, like, some sort of piece of technology on her back that isn't a jetpack. But it's something else that isn't on right now. Why would it be? That's a weapon. Don't turn that on in front of civilians. Uh, the, her arm doesn't have the flamethrower. It has a large power claw that looks suspiciously like the claws on, the Dreadnought, on Dreadnought's mech now that they've gotten the Mythoso parts on them. Because mm. it's a mythosaur claw. Mm. It's a power claw. Mm. And you were brought before the librarian of the Prophet Mandalorians. I bow deeply and make all the proper shows of respect. Uh, she hugs you. Because that's <laughs> the show of respect they do. They're huggers. Okay, they're huggers. <laughs> Not what I would same. expect from Mandalorians, but, you know, I can roll with it. They do the same thing to your brother or your sibling, your sister, whatever it is. Uh, and the librarian's like, so you want us to fully commit to this, right? Yes. And your sibling wants us to simply not take action. And quite mm -hmm. frankly, you've both made excellent cases in hero questing the last little while here. So there's only one way we can think of to solve this. And that is to solve this in the way Mandalore the Prophet solved Mandalore the Conqueror. And that is the royal game of Coruscant. And people start losing their goddamn mind. When <laughs> oh my god. Two chairs are presented. There is a single device in the middle. There are leads. You guys are seated in the chair and the leads are attached to you. Nothing is turned on yet. Now, do you 411KM out of character know what the royal game of Coruscant is? 
It goes back to the old Republic. So if you were for Nobleman, you'd know. And we're starting. I... No, we haven't started yet. I'm just checking. Yes, yes, we've discussed we've discussed this enough that I am aware of this ancient game of of wit and and intellect. Perfect. So how it works is if you fail the royal game of Coruscant, you blow up. Just like Optimus Prime. I was not aware of that. <laughs> Just like Optimus Prime in that one VR game in the in the Marvel comics. Am I being hooked up to the librarian or my sibling? You and your sibling are hooked up to the device. That's okay. how that goes. Okay, so we are battling each other. Yep. Royal King ah. of Coruscant. Everyone's cheering. Everyone's losing their mind. People have snacks. This is like a whole festival affair. So they do a, toy, a coin toss or a best car slip toss. And it lands, uh, you know, it lands like monster face up, which means your sibling gets to start. All right. Here we go. This is the last scene we'll do in the session. Okay. Your sibling looks at you, stares you down. Terminal finances goes. Do you know how to play the royal game of Coruscant? Do you know the rules? Aren't we siblings? How long do you think? Do you think you're better than me? Why do you want the orb? Isn't it obvious? Isn't that a statement? Are you sure? Can you see past your own wants? When will you give me the orb? Why do you want it? How can you keep it from me? Why do you want it? Why do you hold it from everyone else? Why do you, do you think, think you're better than us? Was that a statement? So we're all slaves to you. You really think you can handle the responsibility? How would you know? Aren't we siblings? What would you do <laughs> with it? Is that any of your business? What would you do with it? Do you consult us with what you do with it? How do you know what goes on in my mind? Aren't we siblings? Didn't you already ask that? Is this the first time you've repeated a question? Have I? Why do you want the orb? Don't I already have the orb? Why do you deserve it? Why do you think that you could use it for better than I could? Do you think that's the point? Do you just want it for personal gain? Why do you get it above the rest of us? Would you use it to fight for others' rights? 
why do we get treated like servants while you get to be king? Would you use it to uplift others? I'm trying to figure which direction to go right now. I know I'm taking way too long. I'm it just stuck. I'm trying to phrase the words in my head. It's took up with your mother. Okay. Would you use to uplift other people? Do you really believe that's your motivation? Have I ever given you reason to to think otherwise? Yes! Oh, god damn! Blows Boom! Up. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's uh, like, game of Coruscant! Game of Coruscant! <laughs> Children are descending from the stadium to pick apart their body and, like, haul parts off to put as trophies. <laughs> one, one of the necromongers leans down to pick up the head and tucks it under his arm. I, uh... We're gonna go. Terminophasis <laughs> has been you, uh, terminated. No, he'll be fine. He didn't get taken out. He just has to get put back together. He's a droid. <laughs> now, Monarch is super dead because Holden did take him out. Right. <laughs> but yeah, the Necromonkers leave. And look, you got a little bit of insight into your sibling. You could probably form a bond with them or something. You know what? I will. Just... It seems like they're it. deeply hurt by how you uh, possess the orb. Yeah, they do. Definitely form the bond, mother's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> the word would be orb hog. Everyone starts cheering. This is a great day. They're going to form fellowship with you. Do you present the orb? Yes, I present the orb. They take the orb and place it over their head. Everyone starts cheering just, I think, the end of episode one. It's a beautiful day to be a Mandalorian or yourself, but not a necromonger or that co-pilot on your ship or your sibling. It's not a good day to be them. <laughs> or that dude's son. No. <laughs> oh, boy. I think we'll wrap it there as we get to the yeah. final confrontation with the lava and all that stuff for next session, because this session <laughs> went on a little bit too long. Whoops. Sorry, but if he was a valued underling, you shouldn't have said him on me. No, no, it's fine. I'm not mad about it. It's just hilarious. But he did get taken out, so he dies, but Eternal Finances didn't. So you can see the difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's wrap there. I was Devin. I, was, Stefan I was Stephanie. Nicole. Peter. Ian. Holden. And this is sponsored by Nobody. Signing off. <laughs>